0: Steve 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 for my wife's birthday we went down to Asheville North Carolina and I came back with a new accent <laughs> and but the thing is my wife came back with like weird sickness she got like a weird food poisoning slash sinus infection combination like not covid but might as well be covid <laughs> but i came back with this sweet <laughs> accent i can't shake it it's been in my bones for almost 2 weeks i mean you. Uh, you sound happy. You
1: sound like you're enjoying it. I'm looking forward to a full two-hour recording where you maintain this accent the whole time.
0: I mean, it will rub some people the wrong way. I'm sure some people have already started the podcast and they're like, "This is probably going to get weirdly Southern and NASCAR." I promise you, it won't. Uh, it's just—it's in me right now. Honestly, this is this is the way I grew up talking. If you can—if you can imagine that, Steve. Up until I was about 18, I just talk like this all the time. <laughs> And then I went to college, and I was like, "Oh, people are supposed to talk dignified. We're supposed to have our textbook sound." But i this past weekend, I saw my people, and I was like, "Gosh dang, man, it's been a while."
1: Slid right back into it. You sound like a natural here. Let me let me let me have you test it out. Give me a good a good guttural Dale Earnhardt Jr.
0: Oh, I love bit Dale Earnhardt Jr. boy. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, that felt good. Yeah, natural. I feel like Dale heard that. Uh, he did. Dang. Yeah. So that's going to come in and out of the podcast quite a bit today. And I'm going to apologize now and also say that you're welcome if you do enjoy it. Sometimes it is funny. Okay. Yeah. It's an accent. What are you going to do about it? Steve, what did you, have your, has your accent changed at all over your lifetime? Or have you, have you always just sounded painfully Minnesotan? Uh,
1: well, that actually brings me to a question. When I'm talking to you now, do I sound
0: Minnesotan? Like, do you hear an accent words. of any kind? No, there's some words, but there's some words I say that I'm sure set people off in the wrong direction, I, too. But I, I mean, every now and again, no. yeah, every now and
1: again, I catch like a ooh, like a real deep, just a run of lowercase o's, and I'm like, man, why did I hit that so hard? But otherwise, I don't, I don't usually notice my my accent, but if I ever travel around the country, people are always like, oh, yeah, you must be from, you know, you must be from the east suburbs of the Twin Cities. I can tell from that accent. I'm like, oh, my God.
0: Well, they can pinpoint the neighborhood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I do remember one time I was doing a uh, research project. And and don't worry, listener, we will introduce ourselves and the show very soon. But I was doing a research project. And I was in northern Iowa, I wasn't quite in Minnesota yet. I hadn't even got there yet. Just, I was just kind of hitting like, like the, the heat off of the fumes off of Minnesota were kind of hitting me <laughs> and we stopped into a gas station. And I walked up and I had a, I was buying a Pepsi. That's all I was getting was a Pepsi. And the the lady at the counter said, hey there, you want a sack for your Coke? I was like, I don't know what you said. I don't know what either of those things are. They both sound dirty. I will take Coke. I'll pass on the sack, given that I'm very unsure what's being offered. Uh, But she just wanted to give me a bag for my soda. That was all.
1: I mean, we, we sack a lot of stuff up here. We're big on sacking.
0: Uh, that's great. Good for you guys. This is, speaking of big sacking, this is the Polykill Podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. That's a good segue. Yeah. Uh, this is the Polykill Podcast. I'm Trav, occasionally Southern. That's Steve, occasionally Minnesotan. Oh. Ooh. Oofta. Is that a thing you guys say?
1: Oofta? So, yes, and here's the problem. It's a stereotype that Minnesotans say oofta. Oh, oofta. It's like a... Uh, really? If you're not familiar with it, it's, it's sort of like a like a uh, exasperated kind of, oh boy, like a, oh, oof, oh, okay, oof, but oof, the, but I never said it growing up. Uh, it's more of a stereo it's more of something you'd see in the movie Fargo than something that Minnesotans actually say, but then I started jokingly saying it, and then at some point I joked so much that it became natural, and now I just, like, have become the character of
0: myself. Oh, uh, you messed around and became native. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. I done dude. goofed it. <laughs> when I heard Oofta, I thought that was like another name for a Nana. Like, ah, my Oofta's is going to come over soon. She's bringing cupcakes. <laughs> ah, my, my sweet Oofta. It just seems that way. Anyway, yeah. uh, this at Polykill podcast, we talk about we talk about playing them games, but mostly it's about beating them games. Mm-hmm. And it's about the games that the community beats. We're a beating game podcast. And gosh dang, we make it fun. I stress that every time. Because when people hear that, they're like, oh, you're just going to read a spreadsheet of games that you're going to beat and haven't beat yet and are trying to beat and have beaten? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's fun. It, right, Steve? It's fun for the people that want the spreadsheet and it's fun for the people that don't want the spreadsheet. We we found that sweet middle ground.
0: Man, we are just we are just super fun Excel. And that's <laughs> what it's all about. Speaking of more excel basically spreadsheeting your your collection of games everything that you've accrued over your lifetime it's just been sitting in there on shelves between two big sheets of wood and no one's looked at it but we're gonna show them off here on uh next next week next sunday april 24th oh yeah april 24th we're gonna get on their collection showcase i think this is the fifth one I'm going to say fifth.
1: Yeah, I remember when we started, we said, you know, we'll just knock out three, maybe four of these and we'll be good. But Mm -hmm. no, we're on five and there's
0: there's still meat on the bone. Still plenty of meat on the bone. And so on April 24th on the Nest Friend YouTube channel, we're going to be going live there around. I don't know if we talked about the time, but probably 8.30 p.m. ish, Mm -hmm. 9 p.m. ish. And we're going to be going through. Showing off our GameCube, our Wii. We're going to show our Wii's on the internet. YouTube will allow it. Uh, We're going to show our Wii U's and our Switches. Uh, Not the consoles, by the way, the the games that we're proud of. And uh, that's going to be a ton of fun. I would say of those four, the GameCube, Wii, Wii U, and Switch, I think I've, I've hit the Switch more, uh, with more gusto when it comes to accrual, uh, especially because it's become the console for me that is the catch-all for a lot of retro remakes and stuff like that, and it's just it's. I've gotten a big library there without really even trying.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say GameCube maybe a little more collection focused, but uh, especially I'd say starting in about the Wii era is where everything that I have in my collection, quote unquote, it would it just kind of happened. Like, this is post-me being an adult with disposable income, so I just buy anything that looks interesting to me. So most of my collectible games on those systems are, like, incidentally collectible. I'm like, oh, I had no idea that that became desirable. So it'll be a fun episode in that way. You're kind of digging through and being like, hmm, let's see what's changed since I last looked through here.
0: And at one point I saw the number of games that were available on the Wii U and I said, huh, "Let's just go ahead and complete that." And then at some point that I felt what right off of that because the Switch started getting a lot of those and you know, there's a lot of ports and I don't know, I lost a lot of steam early, but it, it it's all and it's not even that unattainable still yet, but there's just so much so much there I don't want, but I think I'm. it's the only library – this is what I was getting to. It's one of the only libraries uh, that I have that I'm really happy with. I think I have yeah. exactly what I want for the Wii U, which ha- doesn't happen for every console. Even for the Game.com, I'm a little unhappy that I'm missing a couple, <laughs> believe it or not.
1: I think I think Wii U is my smallest wish list. I do think I still have a couple games I want to track down, but uh, by and large, I, I think I have 30-something games maybe, and I'm like, yeah, this is basically everything – that I really feel like I need to dig into.
0: Wow. If you liked that discussion there, folks, if you were like, damn, say more about the Wii U, man, you got to come by on April 24th, yeah. Nest Friend YouTube channel. You're going to get a hit. We're going to go, we go full facial frontal. <laughs> we show our, we show our whole head and we do that for, it's about two hours. So pack a lunch, pack a dinner, pack a snack, be there, be ready to go. And then at the end of this show, Looking forward about, I don't know, what are you going to guess here? I'm going to say 90 minutes or so, uh, about 90 minutes.
1: I'll give it 95,
0: let's say. About 95 minutes. We're going to be doing our top five first-person shooty shooters, and that's a bit inspired by last week's – it's inspired twice. One by last week's email from Dylan because he, he just dipped a little bit of a toe into first-person shooters and was like, God damn, man, I really like that bullet storm. That was fun. And then our pal QX, JJS Boyce, mm-hmm. uh, in the Discord just was like, hey, guys, what's your what's your five favorite FPS games? And I was like, that sounds like a polykill topic to me. So <laughs> let me just uh, not participate in this conversation. You went in there full bore, though. You were like, oh, let me just list my top five and spoil the next episode that could happen.
1: <laughs> uh, I was trying to troll everyone in there, but it turns out that I've become such a parody of myself that people believed me. I tried to say that one of my five... Favorite first-person shooters was the first-person shooter mini-game in Banjo Tooie, where you can play like a fake GoldenEye knockoff as Banjo, and no one even challenged me. They were just like, "Yeah, I've I've seen his stream. I've
0: talked to him a lot. This is that that sounds about right." That's another example of where you've become a parody of yourself <laughs> to the point that no one knows when you're making fun of yourself. Like yeah, yeah, that's absolutely something he would say. Yeah. All right, let's not challenge him on it in case he gets really defensive. It is his favorite game. <laughs> so to to say, <clears throat> excuse me, to say that uh, Blinks top five uh, first person shooter games. If you are in the PolyKill Discord, will be reordered for the the finale here at the end. So don't think you can just scroll up, go find it, and, and no, no. Okay, not it's going to be a little bit different. All right, you cheaters. All right, well, what's coming soon? We got uh, April nineteenth through May second here. Games are coming out. They always are. Any there that stick out to you? You know,
1: I think I might have said this last episode too. It's really interesting. First three, three and a half months of this year, I feel like we're just absolutely jam-packed, just stuffed to the britches full of video games. (laughs) And now I feel like it's just tumbleweeds the whole rest of the year. I don't know, like a single game what? coming out. The whole year? Is Can you, I mean, we're going to talk about two right here, but can you think of anything like, oh, this has a, a July or a August release date that you're looking forward to?
0: I wish you hadn't done this to me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, isn't that new, uh, you know, that... Uh... Is Breath of the Wild 2 coming out?
1: Now, they got them, isn't that new PlayStation coming out?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hate that you did that because um, when I said that to you, I was like, there's got to be a ton of games coming out, man. No. But I really – I can't think of one. But you, know, I, you put me on the spot. My brain is now – I'm just – I barely see light through my eyes right now. What – Everything's clouded in and around me. I panicked. <laughs> what is. Is there anything? Seriously, what's coming? Our game. Did they stop making games? <laughs> they, they did.
1: They specifically made a Nintendo Direct just for a guy to come on stage and say, Yeah, Breath of Wild 2's not coming out this year. Sorry, guys. So. What? Ah. <laughs> it's not looking good. But that's okay because when there's no new games, we can get cool re releases of old games. And so. Starfield! Maybe. Ghostwire Tokyo, is that already out? Yeah.
0: It is. Oh. Starfield! <laughs>
1: That's all I got. That's optimistic that Starfield's coming out. You, with that and Elder Scrolls Six, you can count on both of those showing up on consoles, I'm
0: sure. Same day. Yep. 11-11-22.
1: But the one game I am actually pretty excited about is a ultra-deluxe version of the Stanley Parable. So I don't know if you ever played the Stanley Parable, but if yeah. uh, if anybody hasn't, Rare is the video game that makes me laugh. I am, uh, oh yeah, I'm a bit of a bit of a stubborn boy when it comes to game humor. I don't know if that's just because it's historically not been very good, or just that game medium isn't very good at delivering jokes because timing is way harder. But Stanley Parable is one of the few games that it had my belly button jiggling on the Y axis, up and down but <laughs> Oh, on the Y. Yeah. Dang, it, dude. It was good stuff. And so this it's like 10 years or something. Like, it's been a long time since Stanley Parable first came out. Uh, and this Ultra Deluxe version is very much in the Stanley Parable style, uh, being sort of pitched as like, yeah, it's like a game of the year. We've added some new content. We're putting some new stuff in there, but knowing if anyone has played the Stanley Parable and they know what type of game that is, I guarantee that they're going to do some crazy, weird, interesting stuff, probably riffing on the concept of like a deluxe or a game of the year edition. So I think it's it's not being pitched as like a, here's the best version to dip your toe in for the first time. It's like a, hey, why don't you come back to the Stanley Parable see if we can catch you off guard for a little bit.
0: Um, yeah, man. And it's, it's ripe for this podcast because, you know, well... You know, the Stanley Parable, not that long of a game. Multiple endings, yeah. but pretty quick run-through. So if you're looking for a, a fairly quick but fun, fun, fun beat, very enjoyable beat, yeah, Stanley's where it's at, man. So if you've never played
1: it on April 27th, you can go ahead and check out that Ultra Deluxe Edition, which is... Apparently, just coming out on everything. We got the switches, we got the PlayStations four and yeah. five, the series, Xboxes, X's, ones, and X's, and all Jeez, all that good, all that good gravy.
0: Switch. That is awesome. Switch too. <laughs> Switch too. I realize it's it's rare uh, that ev- it comes out on everything and the Switch. Yeah, it's always bizarre to me. I've noticed this uh, at, le- at least with the games that I look into for this part of the show. It's either the Switch version came out in twenty. 20- like, 17, and now it's coming to everything else, or the game came out in 1998 and it's finally coming to Switch. Yep, <laughs> yeah. no, It's never at the same time. So this is weird. Same time. Yeah. Uh, okay, great. Uh, well, for me, Rogue Legacy 2. Man, I'm mm. so excited for this because, and it's rare that I really I say that and mean it. I say that sometimes here just to be like, just to grease it, just to vamp it, yeah, just to feel just good about it. Just got to say some games out loud. That's part of the contract. Just to say some games out loud. But I'm legit stoked for Rogue Legacy 2. I came into uh, Rogue Legacy 1 a bit late, probably 2019, maybe even 2020. Uh I dabbled with it before and was just like, "Oh, this is hard." And then I didn't play it again. <laughs> but then they released it on the Switch, and you know me. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had to get it. And then I played it and I played it and I played it and that is also a game. That'll make me giggle a little bit. It's the belly button going up and a down yeah. about, you know, just a couple of degrees on the Y. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. It's so goofy. And it, I mean, it is what it is. It's a rogue. And you got those, this, air, this heirloom, this airline, and you're picking that new air that's going to go in there and get slaughtered. And they always have like some defect or something like that. And they'd always crack me up. The guy that just was upside down and blind. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's hilarious. <laughs> And so some of them are just throw. Some of your runs are just absolute throwaways. But at the same time, still a very like you know game that requires some skill, requires some some memory and some getting around. And uh, I looked at Rogue Legacy 2. I don't know. And this is the thing. I don't know if I'm that crazy about that art style. I liked the pixel esque, uh, pic- pixelated version of the first. This one has more of that. I don't want to. I don't want to downplay it. I don't want to sound like I'm a hooty hooty hooty. A little more of a flash game look to me. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I feel bad because I do agree with you. Something about that flash game look. I, I don't know how I built this bias, but I just kind of think of it as cheap. Like I see that and I'm like, and I'm like, "Uh, looks a little, like almost like a computer just generated this art, which is so unfair to the artists that work on it. I'm sure, right? Yeah, I'm sure a lot of time and effort was put in, and honestly, it probably will uh, play and look better in motion than it does in screenshots and stuff, but.
0: And that's true every time. But for some reason, when I see a trailer with that art, I almost just completely like, okay, and just shut it out. I'm like, yeah. I've seen so much of that. Which is weird, though, because I've seen way more pixel art in my day. But maybe I just have a thing for it. Maybe that's my, my, my kink. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm into it.
1: I'm with you 100%. And, and I'm, I honestly didn't even know Rogue Legacy 2 was coming out. I'm actually pretty happy to see this. I, I played Rogue Legacy not that long ago, too. In fact, I think I brought it to the show. And I remember you mm. getting pretty pretty juicy about it. And You know me. I, when I played it, I was impressed that Rogue Legacy held up, because I played it, you know, in a year that started with uh two, two zero two. And oh, yeah. that that's seven years after that game came out. And I thought, you know, this you can tell that this is a little bit of an older roguelike, like this is one of the earlier ones because it's missing some of the some of the flash, some of the sizzle, maybe like not quite as many layered systems, but it was just like, wow, this game really aged well despite that. I hope ten years later that they can uh still compete in a genre that is now much much more bloated than when they first
2: launched yeah.
0: well, and I think some people have given it a spin because it's being like released from its you know mm. alpha or whatever for this too, so it's a no it's a bit of a known commodity for for hardcore folk, uh, but I've not read anything into whether folks like it or not. I've seriously just seen the release dates and watched a trailer and was like i'm I guess I'm in yeah i mean i I trust you. <laughs> Well, that's it. So that's coming out on PC, uh, Xbox, X, the Xboxes. It's coming out on the Xboxes. There. Yeah, and that's on April twenty eighth. April twenty eighth. So, couple things there. Nothing, nothing mind blowing. Nothing big old. Nothing big and triple A, man. Nothing that's, like nothing with a bunch of guns in it. You know, like normal. <laughs> Just some weird stuff.
1: Yeah, you know those games that we always play, anyways. So, it, yeah, we're, we're really missing out a lot. It's okay. I got, you know, I got to go beat something from 1993 at some point. So I'm fine if they Mm. have a little bit of a slow spring.
0: I'm with you there, man. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the hot seat. And once again, this hot seat is going to be brought to you by a listener. This one, very good at eating ground beef between two bread handles. That's Burger (laughs) Champ, our pal. (laughs) And if you recall the last couple emails he sent, uh, they've been under a bit of duress. Uh, we sort of understood that maybe he was uh you know trapped in a mall that was in a stick up or something like that and he was able to fire off an email to us which we appreciate because yeah. he should have been dialing 911 and uh here we've got another one where you know the joke continues where he just enters the email you know comes into the to the introduction of the email the greeting stage of the email in all caps with uh and I'm going to read it in my accent if you don't mind blink <laughs> that's okay if it don't if it don't bother you a bit uh burger champ laying down a hypothetical In all caps. Now we're back to normal syntax. Pick a popular video game hero and villain. They don't even have to be from the same game. Now imagine they're both fired. You are the potential replacement for their respective positions. Give me some bullet points from your resume on the skills that would make you more qualified for a career in the video game hero slash villain business than your terminated predecessors sent from my iPhone
1: he he always ends his emails that way i'm trying to
0: figure out what does that mean it's like burger i don't care <laughs> send it from anything man come on <laughs> send it in the mail we'll still read it uh but no uh good good question for the hot seat i think it's uh it's taken out a hero and a villain doesn't matter. they doesn't have to be Link and Ganon doesn't have to be Mario and Bowser. You can pick any any hero, any villain, and then you're just going to say, "How would I be a better villain in this villain's role uh, with your right. or hero, vice versa?" So, who wants to go first here?
1: Uh, I think I think I can get us cracking. Do you want to hear my hero, my villain, or both?
0: Okay, let's. Let's save the best for last. Let's do heroes first. Okay. That sounds good. I just think villains are more fun, more interesting.
1: I think, you know, I was talking about just slowly becoming the parody version of myself. I think if we're picking a hero, I, I got to go with Banjo from Banjo-Kazooie. Mm. Now, you can't go as both. Part of the job is going to be you got to get along with Kazooie, right? You guys are going to be a partner.
0: Yeah. You're going to be going on on jobs together. But, That's uh, right. I think I can fill Banjo's shoes all right. Yeah. Okay. It can be banjo, fill banjo shoes. That means one: Do you have the skills to tolerate a bird always squawking incomprehensibly while you're trying to play your ukulele? Yeah, i I think so. I think I have a, a number of skills
1: that'll help me here uh, in my quest to you slurp banjo. One, yeah, you know what? Birds, whatever. I've heard I've heard hundreds of thousands of birds in my life, and I've never gotten mad at them once.
0: Hmm. I mean I, I can't tell if our pal uh, Dylan is going to like what you said or not like it it seems <laughs> like you're kind of you, you just don't care about birds which could upset him he's a big bird person and dinosaur person if people mm. recall No.
1: now I, I, actually that's not true I have gotten mad at birds but only crows and mm. kazooie's not a crow and I, I hear all you crow heads out in the audience are gonna be like, oh, know, right? oh, did you know though that crows are one of the smartest most intelligent birds they use it for evil. They're, they're terrible creatures. Mm-hmm. They're just yep. sacks of disease that want to terrorize
0: pretty animals. So They're just rats with wings. Yeah, right?
1: 100%. 100%. Uh, so, you know what? I think I can get along with birds, too. I rock a backpack. I don't know if you've ever seen me in one. I mean, it's mostly audio, so you can't usually hear the backpack. But, boy, when I strap one on, confidence comes out. I walk down the street. I'm strutting. People know I'm yeah. looking good in that backpack. So, I think... I would, I would cut a nice figure in the uniform necessary to be man to be Banjo.
0: Man, you, you get a lot of confidence when you strap just about anything on. I wanted to point that oh, yeah. out. <laughs>
1: that's just true. It's a shame that most <laughs> cameras only hit me from the waist up.
0: That is actually great.
1: Yeah. Uh, three, competent at Jigsaw Puzzles, which, let's be real, that's all Banjo is. He collects the pieces, but you can just tell that that dude... You put a 50 piece puzzle in front of him and he'll be there for 12 hours. I could cut through that thing in six hours and still have time for lunch. Wow. Okay. And finally, you're I'm going pre- with four.
0: I'm pretty okay, you're sure. You set a precedent for the rest of the segment. I just want you to know four. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> finally, as long as someone else is doing all the work, like Kazooie, I'm pretty sure I could double jump. If I only have to do the first jump, and someone else hits me for the second, I think I'd be fine at that. All right.
0: Very good. Yeah. I like that. I think, you know what, you would also, you would make, I mean, you just look, your face would look good on a Banjo-Kazooie box, too. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've seen that before. I I mean,
1: I, I, you probably have, yeah. You know, maybe like yeah. a Game Boy Advance box or something like that.
0: Right, because if you don't know, folks check out this is gonna be a plug for you look what I'm doing yeah. If you check out uh, well if you're on Twitter or whatever even in the discord you see that little uh, that tweet that uh, Blink sends out before he goes live he always replaces the face of a character with his made up cake face and uh, it always delights <laughs> it's the most crudely photoshopped thing ever and it never fails to disappoint so with that said okay so you're 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 hanging out with uh, with Kazooie you're doing your thing yeah I, I, I buy that I think that those are, those are some really good reasons uh, okay, so for me, I'm going to be, and I've had time to kind of roll around on this, so we'll flip the order next time. Uh, but I think I want to be Kirby. I think Ooh. I could be, I think I could fire Kirby, and then I could be the curb. Uh, a couple right. reasons. One, I can fit a ton of shit in my mouth. I mean, look <laughs> at this. Ah. Wow. I mean, this is, that was big. People can't see it, but Thanks. that was, uh, yeah. I didn't even see you unhinge it, but hoof, that thing got loud. Right? When I'm at the dentist, I don't even moan. <laughs> I'm fine the whole time. They're You're the only like,
1: person that that dentist has ever had to say, "Can you can you actually close it a little bit more? It's a little it's a little too wide."
0: They do actually they do say that a bit cuz uh, they can get to some parts of my mouth if if the jaw is hinged as such. But uh big mouth fit a lot of things in it, man. Yeah. I take big I take big bites of food. I can finish eating so fast. It's almost it embarrasses <laughs> me. I have to consciously slow down cuz my mouth is so big. I can just wolf stuff in it. It's so good. And then uh, beyond that, I can spit good. And now, I know, this, this is... This I, I, yeah. Well, you know, he's he's blows stuff back out, you know, to hit oh, you with... Oh,
1: okay, okay. It. Yeah, you
0: suck it in, okay? I've already done the first part. Now we're, we're blowing it back out. Uh, I don't know if they spit up there in Minnesota, but down here in the South, all the time. Like, it's like our favorite thing to do. As soon as I walk outside, I spit. I don't know why. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what I leave. If I walk outside... Now, here's the thing, though. It has to be like somewhere where there's ground. I won't just spit on, like, a porch. Come on, that's gross. Or a parking mm. lot. Yeah. But if there's, like, you know, some shrubs, maybe a little bit of mulch, a yeah. hawk one in there. Sure. Can...
1: sure. We, we don't do that around here in Minnesota. It freezes you don't to your that. tongue as soon as you're spitting Yeah, it out, I was wondering right? as about As soon that. as it hits the air, you know they don't put your tongue on a frozen pole? Same thing. Just don't right. don't spit anywhere north of Iowa.
0: I was worried about that because I was like, man, that would just be, maybe they outlawed that because it could, you know, endanger people. Yeah. Like a rogue, a rogue hawk. <laughs> you know you hit somebody with that and they're done but now I'm spitting all the time so I'm good you know I'm good at wolfing stuff in, in my mouth I'm good at spitting yeah okay um, what else can I do? Oh I don't mind my foods to mix you know how curb yeah. is always mixing his stuff and making it something different I don't care if my mashed potatoes touch my peas it's in not- fact I prefer it because it's good it's easier to get the peas on the spoon if you got some mashed taters already there. <laughs> and then boom now I have mashed tater pea you know what they don't serve is mashed potato pea casserole but I make that every time I have them together mm. so I don't mind mixing stuff like Kirby does no big deal to me
1: dude I, I'm seeing this increasingly likely that I think you're gonna get this job
0: yeah and the last thing is uh I don't mind unfolding a fitted sheet which I Kirby kind of <laughs> is he's kind of he's like a fitted sheet to me he looks like just a just some laundry that you just stuff stuff into and he kind of reminds me of a fitted sheet yeah. you know if you were to iron him out if you put kirby on an ironing board and you went you know or like a, a cutting board or whatever whatever you do a rolling pin take a rolling pin to him. yeah he's a fitted sheet try to fit that over a mattress. I can do that all day long. I am not intimidated by a fitted sheet. A lot of people are like, "Uh, can't fold a fitted sheet. I hate fitted sheets. Where's the edge of the fitted sheet?" All day with that. Give me all your <laughs> fitted sheet jobs. I'll fold them, I'll wash them, I'll clean them, I'll take them off the bed, put them on the bed all day long. I'm a master of fitted sheets.
1: Damn. I I'm not I'm that weenie guy that you just insulted about uh, them being impossible to fold. They're too they're just shaped like they're broken. It's like you buy them broken. They're so dumb. Yeah,
0: just a just a bag of flack, just a flaccid Kirby's. Yeah, is what you have, <laughs> you just got to know your way around, man.
1: Kirby with all the juice squeezed out. <laughs>
0: That's right. All right, let's get into the second part of this, which is the the villain side. Oof. Okay, I'm. I got to give you four. I got to give you a villain and four bullet points right now. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Let me see. Man, I was trying to think. Is there anything recent I've played where I've because I, I don't want to? My mind goes straight to Ganon. I don't want to. I don't want to be. You want to be a, too a big.
1: You want a big pig snout. It's, you want to be standing up on them
0: hinders, just swinging a couple of swords around. You know, it's just too basic. It's just too basic. I don't know a good villain. Um, gosh dang, how about? I don't know. Name a game.
2: Hmm.
1: Final Fantasy
0: fuck all right i can be a final fantasy villain because there's several layers to me you know you think you've defeated me one time you think you come at me and you're like i'm gonna i'm gonna squash his confidence sure you might now i'm sad but now i've got a little bit of vengeance deep down deep mm-hmm. deep-seated vengeance i come back i'm a different guy now i'm mad before i was a little bit sarcastic but you squash my confidence now i'm just upset stop I'm a whole different guy. And now you squash that guy. You squash the vengeance. Now I'm just desperation. Now I'm just... Now I'm even more upset. Oh, you can't get me when I'm that... When I'm desperate and upset, Blink. Buddy. Oh, you don't want to see it. You don't want to see it. I'll I'll write you emails so long. Oh, my God. You won't... They'll be... They'll... (laughs) I'll have written it. I'll have started it crying. And then by the middle, I have dried up the tears and I've come around. And then I get upset again by the end of the email. And you're like, God damn, that was a roller coaster. This guy is desperate. Yeah. But it hurt me because I'm very passive aggressive. And then when you when you get me down when I'm desperate, that's when you get me sad. And now you mm. feel bad. I've won again. Because you're like, damn it. <laughs> I've be I've kicked a man while he was down. Yeah. And look at look how look how bad I am. I'm the four phases of a Final Fantasy boss. Yeah. You know? That you know, this,
1: this rings true. I'd say most episodes or conversations that we have Follow kind of a you're on your high horse, I knock you down. You get kind of grumpy with me. We throw some words back and forth, and you end up in mm-hmm. the fetal
0: position. Just weep most of the time. Yeah, the fetal position is comfortable though, so it is like my first go-to. There's no like transition position. <laughs> I just go straight fetal. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: I mean, you can just say that you're a boss from one of those older games where they didn't mm-hmm. they didn't have all those frames of animation. We don't need to watch again, to
0: right? Feel. Yeah, they didn't have like what is what is a at, what's the average number of phases of a Final Fantasy boss, is it 17, 16? Because I feel like those games never end in the last stanza. You're like, got him. Oh, he's coming back. Oh, he's a different shape. Okay. I mean, Oh, now he's just a tooth. You're yeah. just fighting a tooth.
1: <laughs> the the last boss of Final Fantasy VI is like a tower of bosses. The screen just scrolls up and you just keep fighting bosses as it scrolls. It, it's just a, an amalgamation of everything and then it ends with you fighting God, I'm pretty sure.
0: Oh, good. As oh, he do. deserves it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, what about you? Who's your villain? Uh, all right. I want to go with the game that I recently played. We're going to go with Jinbei, who's the evil farmer from Mole Mania. Now, I should be fair. I assume Please. he's evil. He stole a bunch of mole children, and, but he didn't actually mm. steal the adult moles, which has a whole other complicating set of issues behind it. But I just don't get good vibes from the guy. I can understand why he was probably let go.
0: Okay. So I'm sounds like maybe farmer. he adopted, but Okay.
1: Mm, and then we'll see. One, <laughs> I think I'd be good for this job in particular. I've already got a shovel. I don't want to brag to you. I've got several. You go out in that garage. <laughs> oh my God. We've really? got spades. We've got snow shovels. I'm pretty sure I have one that you could build a little sandcastle with. I am, I'm already
0: stocked. I thought the ground was too frozen in Minnesota for anybody to even permeate the earth. One,
1: one month a year, we just get all our shoveling oh, out yeah? of the way. We, we just, okay. just dig a big pit and fill it back in before the snow hits. oof Two, I'm smarter than most moles. Not all, but most. Which, I'm going to agree with that. law of averages, that's all I need to do, right? I just need to defeat most of the moles. Mm-hmm. Three, now I just I feel like I'm bragging. You know, all interviews, you feel like you're getting a little cocky, but... I'm just going to come out and say it. I have never left my cabbages out in a place where they could get stolen. I keep my cabbages protected. All right. Is that right? Jinbei? <laughs> Dude, he's leaving them everywhere. He's leaving them in the front yard for me to just pluck. Like, like, I'm like, who is this idiot? Not me. Wow. You wouldn't find a cabbage with, him, with me on the job.
0: Wow. Cap- protector of cabbage. Yeah. Well, you know what? you got. I'm do.
1: a cabbage guy. Do you like cabbage? I like cabbage. I love cabbage. Cabbage is so good. good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It makes me very gassy. I'm not great to be around post cabbage, but mid cabbage? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm rocking the metal horns, dude. I love it. Hell yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this cabbage pot. We want to just switch over to the cabbage podcast. What's your
1: favorite cabbage dish? This would be the third conversation I've had in the last 2 days about what the best and worst vegetables are. This just keeps coming back up. Cabbage top tier. Top tier.
0: Yeah. Man, I just I love it sautéed, give me a little lemon garlic cabbage, fried uh, cabbage. I'm about to go into a whole Bubba Gump bit. <laughs> <laughs> cabbage Royale, cabbage with cheese, Ooh. sauerkraut, <laughs> just cabbage me up. Coleslaw, out, is that cabbage? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Anyway,
1: uh, was that thir- three or four? Was three. And the last one, uh-huh. bit of an okay. easy one, you know? He's always rocking that straw hat. I come equipped with a lot of headgear experience. I know what it means to strap something under the old dome and make a fashion statement about it. So I think that
0: uh, I'd slide right into that position. That's right. You got that headband action, which is unmatched. Unmatched.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I saw a picture of me 10 years ago the other day, and I wasn't wearing one, and I was embarrassed for my past self. (laughs) Oh, What did it
0: Man, I'm dying to know what's under there. But I'll tell you what, though. I can see how that would be intimidating, because if I were to come upon you on the street, i like, that guy probably knows some martial art. I can't pinpoint <laughs> it by the bandana, but the bandana tells me he's either on his way or coming back from a dojo.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the very first thing you learn is the chop. Second mm-hmm. thing you learn is the kick. So, you know, at the at, at the bare minimum, I'm going to be able to do, do that to you.
0: That's right. You're going to parapa the rap of my ass. Okay. <laughs> That's been the hot seat. Thank you, Burger Champ, for that ride as always. We do appreciate it. I don't know if any t shirts will come out of that one, but give me this opportunity to plug our one episode that we did at episode 36. And we talked about cereal, and there was an aardvark with a big dong eating buttholes. You can go to polymedianetwork.com, click on merch. There's a shirt with the aardvark on it. It's Yardy. He's cute. <laughs> Uh, you got a shirt coming too, Blink. We're going to get some Blinkum cereal soon. Don't you worry. Oh, brother, Bodie is listening and drawing. Hopefully, as we speak. I love it. All right, I was vamping because I lost what tab the sheet was on. There it is. All right, games that we're playing <laughs> now. Wow, because you got to play them to beat them, Blink. You got to do that. Yeah,
1: you do. You do. And you know, I got a confession for you. I, I'm about to, I'm about to cheat the playing now section. Are, are you, what? I hope you won't lay me off from the podcast. I mean, I'm, I have a pretty confident career as
0: a farmer if you do, but... You know when I get upset, that accent gets worse. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> it's already it's already rough. <laughs> He's going to start spitting types of cabbage that I wouldn't. <laughs> That's
0: uh, a Brussels sprout. Put that back in your mouth.
1: Oh. Well, here's the deal. I'm putting a game on the playing now that I did beat, and... What the fuck? I know. You'd think, you son of a bitch, we've got a whole section for that. (laughs) Seriously. Can you wait one ad read? No, I I cannot. Here's why. One, my beats are already so stuffed. We're going to get down there and you're going to be like, oh my God, there's no time for this. And two, I I beat it in between when I filled out the sheet and now. So I, Ah. I didn't move her down. But it's not a lie because I'm still playing it. And that game is... Drum roll, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Wow. Okay. So we mentioned get Speaking through that, the Kirby. That curb. So I, you know, let me ask you this: You're playing a game, playing a platformer. You're playing a, or you're playing a uh, any video game of of a certain uh, jumping and running variety. How many mm-hmm. worlds would that game have?
0: Oh man, I mean, for talking retro, between like eight and ten feels right to me. Yeah,
1: right about eight, right? Yeah. So I was I was strutting in, and, and maybe if you're the type of person that thinks that you can be spoiled on a Kirby game, this might be a warning for you. But I was strutting into
0: World Six. You just made me think of that person, and I felt so bad for them. They're like, "What? No, I'm driving. Stop!" They can't figure out how to pause the podcast. No, I don't want it. Forgot? It's the Forgotten Land. Do they find it? I gotta know my on my own. <laughs> Well, you
1: gave them enough time now to hopefully, at least in a panic, turn the volume all the way down. You ever, ever <laughs> do that? And then you just sit there and you like, you wait three minutes. Time? Like, are they going to be done when I turn this volume back up?
0: Yeah. You turn it back on. It's like, anyway, he finds the land. Like, what? Yeah.
2: No. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh.
1: But uh, so I stroll into world six, thinking I got two worlds left. I'm going to come on a polygill, talk about how I'm three quarters of the way through. World six, volcano world. Historically, not a final world, right? You hit your right. desert world, your ice world, your volcano world. Unless it's Mario, then it
0: then it might yeah.
1: be. Well, turns out unless it's Mario or from the same parent company that develops Mario, because then volcanoes they turned out t- turns out they're they're the last
0: world. Yeah, and they really fear those volcanoes in Japan. <laughs> they in Japan, they're like, no, this is the final thing for us. We have got to show them some respect.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: we <laughs> are intimidated. Uh, so yeah, I, I managed to get through Kirby Forgotten Land. Very fun game. Very cute. Uh, I always feel bad selling it this way, but this is truly the best way I can pitch people to it. It's like, it just goes down smooth. It's just easy. Like there's just basically no friction. It's just hard enough to like force you to try, but it's also easy enough to where earlier today I texted Leah and I told my partner that, yeah, the, her four year old nephew could happily play this game.
0: Wow. So, It's It's kind of like a Felix the Cat, which I played recently, which was easy, but still fun as hell. Yeah. Very good. And
1: it's got a a real good set of collectibles too to keep you just plucking away. Listening to a podcast, have a stream or a YouTube video up and just kind of go hunt down some waddle Ds.
0: Get them Mm. Ds. Get the It's all about getting the Ds. It's all about getting the D's. If you're Kirby, you got a mouth that big. So (laughs) Um, let me ask you this. Uh, so is that what you're continuing to do? You got credits, but you're just still collecting stuff. Is this the, the game plus for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, they do the thing where they hit you with credits and then another world opens up anyways. That's kind of like a bonus world remix kind of deal. So there's plenty to do there. There's some other modes I can do, but mostly in a game like this, in any, you know, 3d or 3d adjacent platformer that has the equivalent of collectibles. I got to go back and just get all those. It's just something about just ticking all those boxes. I, I can't leave the box unticked. I can't see my save file at 65%. We got to do better. So mm. I'll, I'll clean it up. I'll go in and I'll take care of that. But uh, yeah, I can definitely recommend it. It's I don't know it's my absolute favorite Kirby game, but it's up there. One of the better Kirby games I've ever played. Maybe, maybe this and Crystal Shards would be my two faves.
0: Wow, man. I saw someone the other day say that Crystal Shards was just like a meh. And uh, I felt personally attacked by that. Yeah, I didn't I respond. So. I said, I liked it. Well, so I did respond, but I was like, I liked it. It's good. I, I, I want to give it a vote. I thought it was fun. There's a certain
1: sect of people that just think that the entire N64 was universally bad, and I, I don't know how to approach that.
0: I don't either. I just end up unfriending them from my life and then passive-aggressively sending them emails that start out with me crying. And then about halfway through, I dry up, I get reasonable, and then I'm crying again by the end. Then I send them the whole thing. I don't even edit it. It's 17 pages. (laughs) So for me, good for you. By the way, you've been playing. You, you're always playing that new stuff, which is great to bring you on the podcast because I never do. So thank God for you for multiple reasons, but that being one of the main ones. Um, <gasps> one of the ones. I'm sorry, not main ones. Um, I've been playing, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lean in on these two, but I just want to mention I've been still playing Mafia Three. I'm still out there. I'm still listening to freaking. 60s rock and running through New Bordeaux just shooting dudes. Yeah. And I got to say, that's all the game is. The story <laughs> is kind of there. They they spent a lot of money for the story. But then the not story part, the doing part, same shit whole all the time. <laughs> all the time. So I I finally, I, it clicked for me. I was like, oh, that's why this game kind of drowned with bad, you know, whatever. Um, But I'll keep playing it. And then Shinmu 2. Which again, me moving a lot of crates, me doing a lot dude. of wharf karate. Okay. Nothing new, nothing different. We, I, I played a little bit, but here's the thing though. I got, I love moving crates, dude. It's like my favorite <laughs> thing. I see yeah. a crate nowadays. If I go into like a Walmart and somebody left a pallet out in the middle of the aisle, I'm like, Oh, and if nobody's looking, I'll get behind it and move it a little bit. I'm like, there we go. <laughs> I just earned 60 bucks. <laughs> I'm fucking rich. Um, so, I started playing Boxel on the Game Boy, which is a mm. game where you just move crates. I was so into yeah. it. I was like, let's do this forever. Let's never <laughs> stop moving crates. And so, um, and Boxel's fun. If you've not played it, it's, it reminds me of, uh, just, you know, it's a puzzle game you can get on your phone now, basically. I mean, not exactly, but there's a lot of popular puzzle games where it's like moving a block. I mean, you're, the game you're, um, streaming the other night reminded me of this wasn't Mole it was... uh, Quirk. Quirk. It reminds me a bit of Quirk. And so, you're just, you know, you have a a number of crates that you have to move to a specific part of this warehouse. And the story's ridiculous, because this poor guy, it's not that he's trying to, like, earn money. He didn't have this job in this warehouse for reasons like he's trying to, you know, get out of a bad situation by earning some money. He's trying to win a woman back. And he's Mm. like, I'm gonna gonna move some crates. And, like, I know nothing impresses a lady more than seeing a man just move crates to another part of the room. Like I know with my wife, when we ever, when we get, sometimes we get like a loot crate. Sometimes I'll pick it up after it's mailed to us, the whole Amazon box, and I'll move it to the kitchen. And she just, I look back and she just been staring at me the whole time. And she's sweating. She's like, Oh, you fucking, you moved that whole loot crate. And so that's what this, that's what Boxel is. Just moving crates. Here's the, here's my rub with it though. And it could be, maybe it's my version of the game or something. Maybe and my, my SP has been acting weird, but, and I don't think that's either the reason for either of these things, but, um, or either of those things is the reason for this thing, which is after each level, you get a password, okay. a little four, four little password, like a yeah. DGBB. Okay? All right. And to me, that's like, okay, I can come back. I can turn it off. Hours later. Come back, turn it on. Enter that password. Resume on the exact level where I was. Some reason it doesn't work like that, either on my copy or something. It always goes back to the first level of that world. So if I do a bunch of puzzles oh. and I get to like three six, <clears throat> I enter the specific password I was given. There's different passwords for each each level, so I don't understand <laughs> the point. And then it takes me back to the first one. And so I was like, what the hell? So I looked, up, looked it up on GameFAQ, and they only give the passwords for the first world of each level. It almost makes me think as if the other huh. ones don't even matter. <laughs> so it, it infuriated me because I spent a lot of time like, oh, all right. Okay, I'm going to do one more. These are getting pretty tough. I'm at World 3. These are getting a little taxing. And then I, was, I put <laughs> it down, and I picked it up the next day. 3-1? That's not what I wrote down. Nah. I didn't write down the 3-1 passwords. so... Tossed it over on the other end of the couch. I was like, get away from me. I'm mad at you. And I haven't touched <laughs> it since. So Aww, that's box. I'm moving crates, man. Have fun. I'm it's glad. a fun game. But I'm a little bummed that I lost some progress. Yeah. I hear
1: you. You know, I didn't even think to, to mention this, but I might as well. It's weird that sort of at the same time, we're both playing Sokoban clone box pushing Game Boy games. But... Yeah, I was playing Quirk. I played it for two, three hours on stream. And Quirk is, I I mean, probably very similar to Boxlet. It's fun. But the thing I kept running up against or started running up against, uh, and maybe this is a unique problem to streaming a game like this, is after about, I'd say, 15, 20 levels or so, they started getting tough. Like, they started requiring me to sit there and stare they're getting pretty complex. You make one mistake, you push one box, one oh, yeah, space too, too far. far. Now it's up against the wall. You're not getting that bad boy back to the left. It's impossible. I know. So I was going and going and going, and I I started slowing down. The mental stamina is weakening, and I'm like, man, I'm staring at each of these levels for longer and longer. I got worried if I kept streaming that game, if I fired it up on a new stream, I might just spend the whole three, four hours staring at one puzzle and making no progress. So I was like... I'm going to tuck this one aside. I'm not going to. Yeah. I I can't. I can't keep going. So I don't know if I'll actually beat Quirk. So I didn't sort of officially put it here on our now playing. But uh, Quirk is a lot of fun. I would like to keep poking at it. I like a good puzzle game. But I'm starting to feel a little dumb.
0: <laughs> I know, man. I felt fucking dumb with Boxel, man. And, and I was watching when I was watching you play Quirk. I noticed like it, you have to be very careful because if you get the thing up against the wall at any point, you're done because you got to be able to get behind it. And I was watching you do this one elaborate one, and you pull. And it took you a while. And by yeah. the way, don't the, the, your puzzle game streams are still great because you're you're very good at interacting with the crowd, right? Yeah. I got to be honest when I'm when you when I'm having you stream, I'm mostly listening to you anyway. Yeah, I I'm think very rarely most checking are. out the action, so worry not for at least for my for my case. But uh I so you did this one elaborate one, and there was one there's like one little precarious point where you had to push a block down this little bit, and then you had to walk all the way around it. And I was like, if he fucking touches that block, he's done, and he's going <laughs> to have to redo like five <laughs> minutes. Because I mean, the the game is fun, but it does take a long time to move your little guys a little bit slow around the room and push the stuff where it needs to go to build it back up again. But I was really worried about you there. I took I. I went, <gasps> Okay, okay. Okay, he didn't he didn't push it too far. I was worried that he was going to fucking. So, I get that 100% I, uh similar with Boxel.
1: I appreciate that too. And you know, where I I a little bit have to just give up some of my dignity is that I'm flop sweating as I'm doing these, right? It's like I'm defusing a bomb. I'm just so Oh yeah. And I'm on like the end of world 2 out of like 8 or 10 total worlds. So I'm like 20% of the way through the game. And that is only on the easy difficulty. And there's an easy medium and a hard difficulty. And I asked. The other difficulties are all unique, separate puzzles. So I was like, if you count all that as sort of like one natural difficulty progression all the way from easy world one up through hard world eight or whatever, I was like 7% of the way through the game. Mm. And, like, literally starting to have heart palpitations. Uh, I, I, I just yeah. don't think I'm man enough for it. I can't, I, I, I can't quirk.
0: I did regrettably look up how many levels were in Boxel at one point. It was like, oh, this is never going to get beaten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, 150 I, levels I'm, or something. I'm too dumb. Yep. Yeah. It's like, seriously, it just takes forever. Anyway, uh, another game that I'm definitely not going to beat. I brought this one on the podcast to just fucking pile drive it because it's <laughs> awful. And that's... <laughs> And it's a cute game. It's Heathcliff Fast and Furriest or Fast and the Furriest. <laughs> I can't remember, but it's on the Wii. It's a little kart racer. And I thought for sure it oh. would have some charm, some lovability, some goodness. And Blink, hear me out, buddy. I see you. You're salivating. You're wiping yeah. slobber away from your lip rings. <laughs> Let me tell you about this, though. Are we no, <laughs> Oh, buddy. It's, it's trust me on this. Listen, as a, as a, as your brother on a podcast, it is bad. It is oh, so bad. No. It is bad. It is bad in a way that I could not salvage any fun. Normally I would suffer through that and try to get, try to get, see who made this thing so I could write him a nasty letter. I would start out upset and then toward the middle of the, um, and then, so you play, you're playing it with the we we Wii, uh, Wii Mote. You can play it with the steering wheel if you want to. If you are blessed with money and you, <laughs> and you have the steering wheel. I did not. Uh, but you can, uh, you know, you play it. It's, it's very, very, very boringly easy. At the start. And I'm talking about world one on story mode, there are four. And each world, there are four races, and then there's a boss race. And I was like, what the fuck is a boss race? Oh. What the fuck is a boss race? I said twice. <laughs> and so what that is, and I don't know. But here's what's funny. So I, I do this race, and what happens is uh, in the middle of the race, there's three laps. On uh, The first lap, normal. You're just riding around, doing your thing. Second lap... Uh, a boss is in the middle of the track and is dropping mines down, and you just kind of dodge the mines. You don't really know how to attack him because it's like Mario Kart—you go through and get like a randomizer that you can attack with. All of the attacks are garbage. Okay. Nothing. You just <laughs> just outrace everybody. Don't even don't even mess with that stuff. But for the boss, I was like, well, I guess I got to attack him. Okay. Yeah. So I go through the lap. I don't have a, a, an attack yet. I go through the third lap. Uh, he's disappeared. And then he comes back and it stops me mid race. As I'm racing, I'm cruising, going around a turn with my I'm with uh Heathcliff, I'm Tokyo Drifting. And then it stops the action to zoom all the way across the track and show me <laughs> that the boss is back. Stops me all from right. having fun for a minute, and it's like, hold on, hold on a second. Uh we've put something in the middle of the track. Okay, and there he is. And then it zooms all the way back out and it says, Boss has arrived, press the one button. Oh. Huh? I was like, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, that's, I mean, A is gas and uh, one <laughs> is down here. You want me to like turn the, let me to just hit it that way. So it, I, I was hitting the one button, nothing, nothing doing, not doing a thing. No. So I go back to hitting gas. So I was like, maybe I, do I just have to try to finish the race? So I finished the race and I finish in second and it says, uh, no, you have to, uh, you have to finish in the top two and defeat the boss. I was like, oh. All right, so I'll do it again. So I do it again, and I was like, all right, how do you defeat the boss? And I go around, and uh, I go through one of the randomizers. I get an attack, and I start attacking him, and uh, nothing. He doesn't take attacks. He's oh. <laughs> n- card not recognized. No, yeah. nothing. So I was like, ah, oh, shit, okay. Well, maybe I'm not figuring it out. I kept trying. Finish finish the race. Finish first. And it was like, no, nope, I ain't finishing the top two, and defeat the boss. I'm like, all right. Okay, I understand I gotta defeat the boss. All right. So the next time through, I was like, maybe if I just run into him. If I just hit him as hard as I can. I'm gonna just (laughs) go through there. So I go through there, it stops the action, boss is back. All right, all right, go whatever. Go through there, run into the boss, and it just it traps me in a loop where my car spins until time runs out. <laughs> oh, so uh, my no. car spins in one spot for two full minutes. <laughs> I can't control anything. I'm moving like maybe the Wii motion controls got to get in here or do something. Nope, pushing all the <laughs> buttons. Nope. Pause it, unpause it. Nothing happened. I was like, well, that was maybe that was a fluke." Yeah. So I will try again. Maybe I, maybe if I attack and run into him at the same time. Nothing. So I realized like I have no idea how to beat the first boss <laughs> in Heathcliff. And so I look up game facts and I'm like, "All right. Which one of you smart asses knows how to do this?" Nobody does. The only review that I have ever found for it is a half-star review on GameFAQ, and the guy's like, here are the things that I tried to defeat the first boss, and it's everything that I tried. It's almost <laughs> like I wrote that review. It was like I tried running into him. I hit him with a bunch of weapons. I did this. I did that. No one has ever... To my knowledge, no one's ever gotten past it. Oh, my it's, God. It might be a broken game. Wow. Do-
1: Do you count that as a beat? Like, you got as far as you can.
0: No, I just, I calmly went over to the Wii and I popped the disc out and put it back in the case and walked upstairs and just stared off my porch for 20 minutes. Like, what did I just do at the last hour? (laughs) Oh, nothing at all. Nothing. Because I was like, maybe I can get a real quick beat. This was today. Maybe I can get another because I only brought one. Spoiler alert. I can get another quick beat. Steve will respect me still. Yeah. No. I lost no. out. No respect. I can't even beat a fucking Heathcliff cart racer.
1: I mean, I still respect you. You tried, and you tried with some jank. But there's like a real glass shattering moment that must have happened to you. I can just, I can just picture it. You, oh, man. you're a, you're a grown ass man, healthy young buck. his mid thirties, <laughs> you know. He's has to take hmm. wife and kids. I, I just need a minute. You know, I got to do some adult responsibilities, and you slink down to the basement there, and you say,
0: oh, all right. On Easter Sunday of all days, uh, yeah, family, on Easter, yeah. I'll be back up in a minute. I got to go down there <laughs> and take Jesus should be business.
1: playing Heathcliff, not you. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but uh sneaks down, and he says, oh, God, this is embarrassing, but I got to play the Heathcliff game. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all out of Land Before Times. So there's nothing left. I got to go. I'm, no. <laughs> I'm going to the, the second string. Starts it up spends an hour of his life on it, and then the game says no. And just, just, I want you all to just picture the silence in that game room as he hits the button on the Wii and the disc goes, and then just nothing as the Mm. weight of Heathcliff weighs on his shoulders. And he thinks, oh my, this is what I chose to do with my limited time on earth. It was this, I chose Heathcliff and, and what did I get for it? Nothing.
0: Nothing. Yeah. And Heathcliff, let me admit something else to everyone. My favorite cartoon cat as a kid. Loved Heathcliff and That's really a- admired the way that he could get the the fish right off the bone. I thought that that was impressive. I would try that sometimes. My mom would be like, you're going to get choked. Stop. <laughs> I, I mean- that's a short list
1: favorite cartoon cat but it has some heavy hitters. I mean I
0: mean you got Sylvester in there, Garfield's a big yeah, I was Garfield's a just Garfield's the butterbean of the cartoon cats, all right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and he, Heathcliff's got a little bit of an ultimate warrior appeal. He just comes out, he's all he's all show, he's all he's all pizzazz. I uh, got to got to take down those anti cats, but uh I could not honestly if you do do you own the game at all because you do you probably no. have a weird co- Wii collection we'll find out Sunday I, Sunday Sunday.
1: I don't but even after all this I'm really tempted to pick it up and see I would love to be the oh first man to break the Heath barrier
0: if you can figure out how to beat it I would definitely play it again. I play I tried it as many times as I feasibly could on an Easter Sunday where I had more important <laughs> things to do but it defeated me I lost.
2: Uh.
1: Well, that's a great, great pick. I'd love to see it. Uh, it, While we're on the topic of jank, the only other game that I'm currently working on, and this is one I'm doing on stream, is that Quest for Camelot on Game Boy Color. So, I don't know if you have any games like this in your collection, but I picked this up a long time ago, and I couldn't remember why. At the time, I knew I had a reason. I, d- I don't just usually add anything. I'm not usually going for, like, complete sets. So if I pick up a game, it's because something about it intrigued me. Usually it looked fun, or uh, maybe it's by a developer that I trust, something like that. But I had th- I've had i had this on the game shelf for years and years, and I was like, all right, got to, you know what, we got to explore some new jank today. Let's bust out that quest for Camelot. And I popped it in, immediately clear to me why I bought this game. In the past, because it's a Zelda clone. I mean, you sort of sword, shield, you got heart icons for health, like, it's just a Zelda game. But hoo boy, it doesn't go much further than that. Oh, Let me tell you. Your tone is painting a picture that I don't... Yeah, I I, I didn't want to get your hopes up too high, because usually people hear Zelda clone and they think, I don't need to hear anything else. I'll just buy this right now. Any price. You said clone, so it must be the exact (laughs) same. First off, I had a Not quite a Heathcliff moment, but we got about 15, 20 minutes into this game, and then I went to transition from one level to another, and froze. Froze, locked up, wouldn't load, had to restart.
0: I'm taking that as an omen these days, because Heathcliff, a little tough getting off the ground. (laughs) Yeah. On Easter, God was like, listen, bro, go (laughs) eat some eggs. Come on, get get upstairs with your family. You don't need to get out of here. Get out of
1: here. But, uh, you know, we were, we were live on air, so I'm like, all right, we're just doing them 20 minutes again. And, man, talk about a game that does not respect my time. It just it, – it, it feels like someone was like, we just got to make a game. It's just got to have game stuff in it, video game type of deal. So you start it up, and they say, go to the blacksmith. And I'm like, oh, yeah. We'll go to the blacksmith.
0: I mean, I'm going to get yeah. a sword at the blacksmith. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You, walk, you walk, I walk south, not a very big map that you start on, but I walk south, find the blacksmith. He says, no, <laughs> you don't want me.
0: You want the other blacksmith
1: to the I'm north. I'm sorry.
0: Wow. Yeah. You're, te- you're telling me to go to your competition. <laughs> yeah. What a lousy blacksmith.
1: There's only two humans in this world, two humans on this map. And I happened to go to the wrong blacksmith first. <laughs> but that's because the other blacksmith was a farmer. Cause, oh. I meet a farmer, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I lost my hands. I'm gonna need those hens. I mean, buddy, get them, go find." He lost them. his
0: hands, hens, chickens. Oh, hens! I was like, hens. He's not gonna be a very good blacksmith." <laughs> no, not if, at all. If, if bros doesn't got any hands, you gotta have hands to be a blacksmith. How you go, smith? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true.
1: So we're five minutes into this game. I'm already doing a side quest. I'm already running around collecting chickens. Get him back to the farmer, he gives me my sword. And he's like, Yeah, it turns out I was a blacksmith the whole time. Psych, you would have never known, but thanks for the chickens. And I start pushing on, and it's just it's a real highs and lows type of game. Mm. It's like sometimes you're doing the Zelda, you're doing the combat, I'm getting a grappling hook, I'm getting all these special items, I'm fi- you know, I'm getting the item that lets me do a little jump. Oh getting the ability to do a sword spin, do a running sword attack, and you're like, this is fun. But then sometimes, you know, in between maps, it just shows you, like, four or five still images that are supposed to be telling you the story with no music at all, just dead silence. Just boom, boom, as it just shows you uh, characters from this movie's face on in Game Boy Color Sprites. And it, it just, it feels a little cheap. I, I hate to deter people, but it feels, it feels a little cheap. I mean, certainly it's got enough jank. I'm going to go through it. And by the end, I will have convinced myself that I liked it. But I can't in good consciousness recommend it to everyone. So uh, if you like Zelda games, if you're like, man, I'd love another handheld Zelda, look this one up on YouTube. You know, you'll see enough footage to make you say, oh, yeah, that looks like Zelda. I'd like to play that. And then you'll play it and you'll be like, oh, yeah.
0: okay, Yeah. All right. Too many blacksmiths. Not enough. uh, Not enough people. (laughs) Yep. They outnumber us two to one. That sucks, man. Yeah, I uh, was sad because I recognized this game. I was like, oh, I have this one. Maybe he'll say something good about it. The good news is I'm looking online, only a four to five hour beat, but that's a long time on the Game Boy Color when you're not having fun.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's not terrible. You
0: and me, both of us, will have fun. <laughs> you listed hard on that you. <laughs> yeah. you're like You I, as a man who enjoys Mafia 3 and Heathcliff. Would love it. I I was like, I'm leaning a little too, little too hard on him here, and you know,
1: let's not cast the first stone. I'm aware of my reputation. Uh, It's a type of game that you and I will find the fun in, but it's real hard for me to imagine most other people having a ton of fun. Especially if there's if there's even a single 2D Zelda that you've never played, what are you doing playing Quest for Camelot? Get out of (coughs) here.
0: That's really good advice for everyone. If there's, yeah. a two, if there's a 2D top-down Zelda you've not played, stop what you're doing, pull your car over to the side of the road, and start Oracle of Seasons. All right. Now it's time to plug ourselves because, gosh dang, I can't think of a thing better. And if you like what you're hearing so far, we only hope that you ke- that you do, that you do. Actually, you know what's Easter? I'm going to say we only pray that you do for the sake yeah. of Easter. Be sure to go to our website, polymedianetwork.com. We have more shows there. I have a couple other podcasts over there, Tales of the Lesser Medium and uh, Drunk Friend. And Drunk Friend, really good. We interview all kinds of cool folks. Last time we had the uh, uh, communications director of MAGFest on the podcast, and that was a ton of fun. I loved that so much. I'm a huge fan of MAGFest. That's like... What's, what's your what's your favorite place to go? Disney World? That's like talking to Walt Disney, okay? All right. So it was a good good interview. Check that one out. Episode 80. Yeah, good stuff.
1: And if you want a show that doesn't feature Trav at all, I get it. I understand. I would say my top recommendation, go check out Petey's Power Hour. She's back. She's better than ever. You're getting video podcasts sometimes yeah. now. She yep. is absolutely crushing it out there. Uh, and so please... Head on over, listen to PD's Power Hour, or go to the YouTube. You're already going to be there because you're going to want to see them video episodes. Tell you, it takes on a whole new angle when you can see them sip the wine hot. Damn.
0: I know. I know. Yeah, it good, makes good me stuff. want to sip too. I get uh, I get wine thirsty. I have to go upstairs and get some Minute Maid. Get some grape juice in me. <laughs> yeah. Just so I can I just can take keep another pace. sip of my
1: coffee, but it hits a little different.
0: It sure does. Yeah. And it's also, awesome. I mentioned Tales of the Lesser Medium earlier, and you were like, what was that? What was that? You said, what was that? Tales of the Lesser Medium, that's a podcast I do with Caleb J. Ross, esteemed author and, uh, you know, pro dick joke maker. That's Caleb J. Ross. And he and I do a little podcast together where we take video game narratives and we just explain them, but we do it goofy. We goof yeah. it up a little bit. It's fun. We are, folks, I think last time I said we're a little over halfway to this next uh, round of episodes coming out, we are even a little more than halfway now.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay?
0: I'm going. To, if I had to slap a percentage on it, I'm going to say 72%. Oh. Huh. Yeah. That's good stuff. Now,
1: have you teased what that next run no. of episodes is going to be?
0: Never would do that. Never. Because then we don't want people to, like, look into it and, and try to... Try to, I don't know. We just, it's a surprise. Because what if we don't? What if we're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do something different completely. Yeah, that's fair. You never know what can happen. What if Caleb dies? I mean, God forbid. I'll pray. It's Easter. But what if What if we lose Caleb? Now, (laughs) he wrote the whole script. I got to find a new co-host. We can't do the same one anymore. I got to find a new co-host.
1: I mean, that's just good business sense. So you're saying people shouldn't read too much into the fact that you're playing Heathcliff games right now. Oh, boy. I wish you hadn't said that. All right, well, we'll just move right on to Indie Quest, which is your exploration of all things indie and obscure. Come on over, we're always talking about indie games. You're getting recommendations as we put together a quest log of all the cool indie stuff for you to check out. Uh, it's me frantic, and the Bad boy, the Airwaves, Captain Drachma. Come check out our latest episode, which was a OST episode. Usually, crowd favorites get to listen to some good indie tunes. we We bring a couple of tracks each. We talk through them, what games they're from what they mean to us, you know, any memories we have associated to them, yada, yada. Very good time. Get some good, easy listening in those ears. Uh, So please, check us out. And when you do, as always, if you're listening to D-Quest, if you're listening to Petey's Power Hour, Drunk Friend, maybe Tales of Lesser Medium, you're going to want to rate us. You're going to want to rate us five stars. So head on over to whatever that application is that you're using. Your phone has some way that's delivering you this podcast right now. I know
0: it's on your phone. Just Mm -hmm. click into that app, figure out where the five stars are, highlight
1: them all yellow. We'd
0: appreciate that. Helps us out a lot. Dang, that would be amazing if you did that. And then while you were at it, if you were like, man, I've already rated, I've already left a review, but how else can I really just get in this network's good graces? You can hop over to the Patreon there. we got a Patreon over there. Visit patreon.com forward slash polykill. Find a tier that works for you. Read them out loud to people around you. Let them hear what we got going on. we got videos and podcasts, early <laughs> versions of both. You can write stuff, and we'll push it out on the internet. You can do that anywhere else. But you can pay us to let you do it here too. That's a great idea. Uh, you can also more than anything, you can get in the Discord. It's yep. a party in there. We're having a good time in there. Shirts are off, ties are on. We can do shirts off, ties on. It's kind of a <laughs> weird, like kind of work formal. It's it's like it's like a it's like a pool a Chippendales pool day formally. Chip and yeah. It's like going to the pool, but you know you're also dressing up a little bit. Um, but yeah, check that out, please. You get early access to all kinds of cool stuff. We have a good time over there. And um, you can always uh, influence the the show as well. You can offer up a top five, uh, you know, topics of discussion uh, section, yeah. like our FPS that we're going to do later. And you could you could be part of that.
1: So get over there, check it out. Yeah, you can either recommend them directly to us or by just talking in the Discord, and then we steal them. However, you want to recommend them, we'll take. That's it. right. That's right. And of course, if you want to reach out to this show directly, you can always do so via polykillpodcast at gmail.com. Again, let us know uh, what's going on in your life. Are you trapped in a mall? Are you yeah. worried for your health and safety? We are too. So if your name is Burger Champ or otherwise, please send us an email. Let us know let us know how you're doing.
0: Yes, please. Anyone out there unseat Burger Champ from the being the inbox champion. We would like him to win less accolades. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he's dominating everything. He's the book-reading champion. He's too champion. Too legit mm-hmm. to quit. All right. Well, let's get into the games that we have finished. I've seen a few names scroll by my face, but you have seen quite a few. So I'm going to let you go first, and then at some point I'm going to ask you to let me talk for a minute, and then I'll give it back to you. <laughs> that
1: sounds fair. Uh, first one that I will hit on uh, is Mole Mania. So I did manage oh. to get all the way through that one. That game, I don't know, that game just rules from beginning to end. Truly one of the best games on the original game boy i i got very similar vibes playing it as i did when i was playing donkey kong 94 where i was like god oh. man this is just a banger that's that's hidden on the game boy people aren't talking about it and there's been no mole uh, mania sequels i suppose yeah. it's we don't even we can't play as mole in smash bros what, what the, the hell hell? Is going on
0: yeah now that's upsetting <laughs> That is it. It is. What, just, do you think it's the same mole that pops up, uh, you know, when you're playing Super Mario Bros 3 and you're on the ship and he pops he, he pops his head up and shoots at you? Mm. Uh, compl- absolutely diagonally. Do you think that that you think he's one of them some bitches? With the, with just the world's tiniest puniest wrench. One right? of the little tiny
1: wrenches that he got off taped from the inside of a leg of IKEA furniture. Seriously, just a picture
0: <laughs> of a wrench and he's just throwing it at you? <laughs> what are you doing? I man? don't
1: think so cuz even even a wrench that dinky I didn't have access to. My man was only Pushing and pulling boulders.
0: Man.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah.
1: Good, good puzzle game. I talked about it at length on last episode, but I just, it is the type of puzzle game that I really like because it never gets too difficult. You know, I was talking about quirk, things getting really strict and kind of getting complicated. Well, many never does that. It always has a really good learning curve, and really good difficulty curve. So I would good highly deal. recommend it to, to folks. And I believe it's on that 3DS eShop. So you can check it out now for much cheaper than a cart goes for it. I'd recommend people pick that up before 3DS goes the way of the dodo.
2: Mmm.
0: But
1: let me tell you about you. I can't recall how much we spoke about this game last episode.
0: Tunic. What do you I'm know wearing about one right now. I'm wearing a tunic as we speak. Mmm. I have one on. I can't.
1: It's nothing it's, but it's light blue, that's all I know. <laughs> nothing but tunic. Oh, oh baby. So tunic is one of those games. Specifically designed to be awful for a podcast about beating video games. Mm. Because it is incredible, but you can't say anything about it because it's all about the joy of discovery. It's all about Mm. finding things that are in there. So uh, the one way that I will pitch it to folks, and this may be uh, something I spoke of last episode, but initially it plays like a Zelda game. But uh, with a little bit of the Souls combat mixed in. And as you run around the world, you're finding pieces of an instruction booklet. So the instruction booklet for the game is actually all in game and very much modeled after the NES Legend of Zelda instruction booklet. Same art style, everything. You zoom in on the pages of this in game instruction booklet and you can see the like faux dot print and like ballpoint pen that's been written in this memo and the sidelines of this manual. Love that! Just, just incredible. But the manual is almost entirely in a language that you can't understand in a a rune language. So you're having to pick up context clues about everything, about what items do, about what enemies are, about basic functions of the game that you may not even know existed, just from the pieces of information and the pictures and the illustrations inside this manual, and the markings that the pen that I mentioned that whoever played this previously has left in there and then that would be enough to like sell you on the mystery of it but it just it just keeps going it is absolutely like skyrocketed to one of my favorite uh games that i've played in a long time i was like we left elden ring and i was like man what a boring year for game of the year it's gonna be elden rings across the board no no nuts nothing and then Tunic comes in and i'm like Elden Ring might not be my game of the year anymore. Like it. Oh wow, wow! It, it is. It is that good. It, it's the type of game where I got. I convinced several of my friends already to play. I was texting people to play Tunic. Shut up! Don't talk to me. Don't don't argue. Just, just buy it. Buy, buy and play it. So it it is just hmm. so good. Can't stop thinking about it. Loved literally every second of it. How long did this uh, take you? What's the girth on her? Uh, It's about a 20, 25 hour game.
0: Oh, that's way shorter than Elden Ring. Yeah, I'll play the hell out of that. Oh, it's good. That's game of the year to me already, you know? mm
1: -hmm. It's on Game Pass, so.
0: I was going to say, if it takes 150 hours and I have to have a mental breakdown halfway in it, not game of the year. I want Tunic all day long. Mm, Give me a cute little fox for 20 hours and I'll give you the goatee. If that's all you want, i give it to you. (laughs)
1: Hell yeah, buddy. Goaty me good. Uh, what else? So you, give please. me another one. You want <laughs> another? Oh, I've got so many to choose from. Here's. Let me just flip through my pages here. How, how's a Banjo Kazooie Grunty's revenge
0: sound? <clears throat> well, it sounds like a cough, but. <laughs> I love it. Sorry. I'm going to try to edit out these coughs, folks. I am having a cough. I caught that from Asheville as well. It came with the <laughs> accent. I had to get both. Well, that's their package deal, but you came out on top.
1: Uh, So Banjo-Kazooie Grunty's Revenge is a Banjo-Kazooie game on the Game Boy Advance, which I feel like it's weird to say this about a a series as well-known and popular as Banjo-Kazooie, but I feel like this game has been forgotten about. I think most people don't realize that there are Banjo-Kazooie games other than the two on the N64. And if they do think of the other Banjo-Kazooie games, maybe they'll remember Nuts and Bolts. Because yeah. they'll be like, oh, Nuts and Bolts is when Banjo-Kazooie got bad. Which is an incorrect opinion, but at least you remember the name of that other game.
0: I remember because uh, it's got nuts in it. I don't know how that hits you. But for <laughs> me, that's like, yeah, the one with nuts. And then yeah. bolts. But nuts also. <laughs>
1: yeah. You want to slap them right up on your shelf. I understand. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a Game Boy Advance Banjo-Kazooie game. But more impressively is, other than it being in like an isometric 2D view... It plays exactly like the N64 ones. I mean, this is just straight up a collectathon platformer. You're going from world to world, hundred notes, ten jiggies. You're hunting down gingos. You, every, everything you'd want from a banjo kazooie game in handheld form.
0: I don't know if anything you said if I should edit out, but <laughs> you're saying those are in the game. As are, those are things.
1: I, I don't think I insulted any of our demographics. <laughs> okay. Like that. Worries <laughs> but, uh, me a little bit, but okay. All right. I trust you. I, I appreciate the trust. Uh, but yeah, this game, it, it's just phenomenal. Like, it's, it's it surprises me how good it is. I was expecting more compromises from a handheld, from a Game Boy Advance version of Anjo-Kazooie. And the only real compromise you get, which I know you're not going to mind, and I didn't mind either, is that it's just a lot shorter than the other ones. It's only like oh. five worlds. I mean, if you can get through that Banjo-Kazooie game in four to five hours, you're you're not complaining about that.
0: Man, if you only have to get jiggy-witted a little bit, Mm -hmm. not bad. Not a bad deal.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, they also essentially reuse every move that is in the N64 games. I would say, if you're going to criticize anything else, maybe it's just that it's not too original. It almost feels like a Greatest Hits handheld port of Banjo-Kazooie in some ways, but it is all original worlds and everything, so... I don't think that, that would really carry the criticism too far. It's just all in all, it's a fun game. It One of the better controlling, just smooth experiences on the GBA. Just
0: just good all around. Man, I love to hear that. Sounds like you had a good time. I'm surprised that you hadn't already played that being a Banjo-Kazooie dude. You are Banjo now. It's canon. I know. I, I, I felt bad. I, I had never gotten
1: around to it. I actually didn't even pick this one up until not too long ago. There's other banjo Damn. games I don't have. There's that banjo pilot. There's a banjo racing game on GBA.
0: I Call yourself have. a fan and then pull that stunt. Gross. I
1: know. Man,
0: amateur. <laughs> amateur hour over here. I apologize. Please save me a bit of my dignity. And
1: tell me about what you beat.
0: That would well that would be like me being a massive Legend of Zelda two D top down fan and have never played Oracle of Ages or Seasons. That would be <laughs> that would be like that true statement oh that non-hypothetical yeah I've oh started it God. I just I never finished the whichever one seasons I think uh Aww. they're good I just, I, I'll do it I'll settle in I you know when I did play them it was on an emulator I don't own the the things when I get them we're, we're doing it okay uh I've only also I've only ever beaten minish cap on an emulator this was in college I don't own even a minish cap I don't even have a little hat so I gotta you've
1: got, you got no minish yeah.
0: I gotta get it I gotta have it find it we'll for have me.
1: To, we'll have to track you down some copies of these. I would love to talk to you about Seasons.
0: Yeah, man. I, I was having fun while I was playing it there on the old compact Presario in 1999. Um, let's get to the game that I beat, because I only beat one. I told you already. We tried to get Heathcliff, but he resisted, so we settled on a game uh, Bomberman for the Game Boy. Now, this, I think you'll appreciate this, Steve. Mm-hmm. I went on a family vacation. We just went a couple days. We just wanted to get out of town we just wanted to stay in a different house, really. We, yeah. we felt like uh, we could chance going out. We have a little girl. There's no vaccination for people her age just yet, but she has lived in an entire world of COVID in our house. Let's just get on Airbnb and go to someone else's house for a weekend yeah. in a city over. It'll be fun for us. We'll go to some shops. Uh, we'll, we'll try to, you know, eat, eat at some neat places. Uh, and we'll just experience something different for a weekend. And it was my wife's birthday. It was, it was as far out as we were willing to go. And okay. so I would normally, under a situation like this, take my Switch. The Switch has been yeah. my go-to travel partner for years now. You know, anytime hmm. I go on a work trip, anything, I always pack the Switch. But this time I decided, you know what? We're going to pack the Game Boy SP, and we're only going to bring Bomberman on the Game Boy, and we're going to beat Bomberman on the Game Boy. We're going to get, we're gonna bring one game. We're not going to have a whole suite of games inside the Switch. We're not going to have options that I can bounce off of. We're going to take, mm-hmm. we're going to, it's 1996. We're taking one game <laughs> and that's all we get. And I'll oh. tell you what, this is actually funny because after I did beat this game, I found a game store in Asheville and I bought Boxel. So I beat a game and then <laughs> bought my next game. It, I was really living the Polykill life circa right. day. 1996, 1998. I think Bomberman Game Boy came out late, surprisingly. 98, I think. Um, but to get, it took me a while to get off the ground with this one. I'm going to blame my SP. Um, I'd put it in, and it's a, it's it's basically a brand new SP. When I bought it, it basically came in the original box, virtually unopened. This was somebody who had a, a son or something that just didn't play it, and he left the house and left that there, and she, the mother sold it to me uh and it had barely been touched and so it it has no excuse to be as shitty as it is <laughs> but i and i put the game in there the game is clean and it took a long time like cuz i played a little bit of it and then it would short out and take me back to the main screen uh-huh. i was like what man what this what why and i was just getting real upset real redneck about it as you could tell <laughs> and so i uh we i actually made a we stopped at a, a gas station and i bought q-tips and alcohol so that on the way I could, I was like, let me clean it harder. It's Heck dirty yeah. or something. And I finally got it and finally got it to work, finally got it to play and ran through it. The game itself, uh, not that bad. You know, it's like, I think it's like six worlds or something. Pretty pretty good Game Boy length for a game like for a, for a Bomberman. Uh, but then that boss roll up and the final boss really got me. I had to, gosh dang, I had to pull out Game Facts. I was like, what's everybody else doing on this? <laughs> <laughs> what, what am I doing wrong? Because I was, I was cruising at a pretty good altitude, and then I got to the final boss, and I was like, what the hell do you want me to do? Like, all I can really do is drop bombs. You know that, right? That's all you let me do. <laughs> like, is there something else I'm missing? But I finally got it. It felt pretty good. And then I was like, gosh dang, tomorrow I'm going to go buy a boxel or something. Mm. So I did. But it was, man, just felt good to go on a trip and, or just really just be relegated to the game you brought. I kind of missed that yeah. feeling. Because that's where you find—that's where you fall in love with janky games. Because that was all that your parents would buy you. Yeah, I put you build myself build, you build through that. The memories that
1: way, right? Like you'll—you'll yeah. you'll now always remember the trick that you took with Bomberman on oh, Game yeah. Boy. But if that was just one of twenty games that you were hot swapping between, you wouldn't exactly. remember any of them. And now None I of associate
0: the inside. Of, well, I associate Bomberman with the inside of this weird Airbnb that we were in this lady's basement in the woods <laughs> and <laughs> with like a bear crossing sign out front. And it's like, is this a joke or is this for real? The bear really, they walk through here or is it just, did you get this out of fa-? They do walk through here. Okay, well, I won't come out here at night, I guess, mm. but it was good. Everything was good. The Airbnb and Bomberman Game Boy. So please Heck. everyone check that yeah. one out. It's pretty good.
1: And it gave you the excuse to buy a new game, which worked out perfectly. My only worry in a situation like that is, what if I beat this? I need to have a backup. But you handled it perfectly. You said, I'll just, you know, let's go do a little bit of capitalism if uh, if this bad boy gets <laughs> yeah. beat.
0: Yeah. And well, shout out to a shout-out to Orbit DVDs in Asheville. If you are also from the woods, from the mountains, or maybe you're just rolling through because Asheville has a good craft beer scene, swing by that place. One of the, one of the better mm-hmm. game stores I've been in in a while. It was very good. It's called Orbit DVDs, like when DVDs went out of style, they didn't change the name of the store, I appreciate that. Now the whole front of the store is old VHS, and the back is all video games, not a DVD in the whole fucking place.
1: (laughs) You know, a lot of the best game stores I've ever been in, that's been the case. There used to be a a place called Echo DVD around here, great game store, amazing deals. Mm. Uh, There was another one that was disc replay DVDs and more that was pretty solid, like it's just... yeah. Th- those guys that stuck around from the DVD era and kept on selling, they they got big hearts.
0: Right. Yeah. That are like the used books and CDs. And you're like, oh, this is going to have a ton of video games. Oh, yeah. Not even <laughs> on the sign. Thing. It's going to have some good stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Well, what else you've been beating on?
1: Yeah. So I've learned something about myself. When I, you know, I, I talk to you every now and again. I, I do a little trophy hunting. Uh, I like to get down and hunt some trofe. And yeah. <laughs> I really realized that that happens to me in in batches. So it's kind of like when I get a platinum on something, it puts me in the mood to go get more platinums. Or I find myself scrolling down my list of PlayStation trophies and being like, you know, what game did I leave half the trophies unobtained that I could go clean up? That
0: I can go are you competing go... with other people? Do you have friends that yeah. are getting some of these and you're like, oh, fucking... Jensen. Which is, I'm making up a friend name for you. <laughs> Jensen ha- got three trophies over the weekend. I need to get my trophy game up.
1: Now... Yes, not, I would say not as a primary motivator, but as a strong motivator. Mm, okay. Friend of the show, you may have heard beat tweets, Ari Lewis, 2011.
2: Uh-huh. Has, yes.
1: Has an excellent podcast called the Otaku Bros Podcast. Um, and actually, funny enough, that that ties right into what I beat here. Uh, he was just a titch, a titch above me on the trophy leaderboards. Titch. Okay. And uh, this was like a year ago. And basically... I got big in my britches, and I sent mm. him a message, and I said, "Hey, buddy, I'm coming for you." Whoa, you're you got your defenses are down. You're not too far ahead of me. I'm coming for you. That was a mistake because he, he he kicked it into high gear and he started cranking those Platinums out. He he got a bit ahead of me. So, I I lost the battle that I started. You know, I threw the first punch and he <laughs> clocked me in two. And I was out. Hang,
0: dude. Come on.
1: But he's slowed down now. You know, he's, he's distracted. He's got other stuff going on in his life. And, and now's my time. I can, I can sneak in. I mean, I I trust that he probably is bored and has stopped listening to this podcast by now. But I can sneak in. Him, I can get him. Just shiv him when he's Man. not looking.
0: I hope nothing bad happened to him. You're like, man, his whole family got hit by a train, so I'm like really piling up trophy after trophy while he's just in hard mid grief. He's like he's hanging by a thread and I'm just I'm kicking him with trophies after trophy. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna print out that
0: trophy list and
1: slap it with a peach of scotch tape onto his coffin. Just wham. Yeah, boom. Got Take him, that,
0: buddy. God his ass, uh, you say as you walk off with your scotch tape still in hand.
1: <laughs> uh but so you know, after Elden Ring, I was in the mood to do some troll hunting, and then that was—I really doubled down because on that last episode of the Otaku Brothers podcast, he had our our uh, buddy Pete Dore on.
0: Oh he no was, way! He was, yeah, he
1: was doing an interview with Pete Dore.
0: We got to get Pete on this podcast. I can't. now I'm upset. I will go up against him now. <laughs> we will have Pete Dore. We cannot. We will have more Petes. We'll have Pete twice.
1: <sighs> I know. I hear you, buddy. Calm down. Calm down. Oh. He go going, going to another Heathcliff rage here, uh, but he had him on and they were talking. They were talking about a whole bunch of stuff. It was a great episode. You all should go check it out. Uh, but they were talking about uh, achievement hunting in the early Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty days, and they were speaking more of it like in the context of like you know. How did you get out of doing that? How did you kick that addiction? And I'm listening to this episode literally as I'm trophy hunting in sayonara, Wild Hearts. I was like, I didn't. <laughs> I'm still doing it. You guys are talking about how you kicked it, and I'm just, I'm just chugging. All right, <laughs> just chugging trophy after trophy. Uh, but, but it put me in the mood to hunt down some platinums or to clean up some trophy lists of things that I had. So I popped in a, a game that I've spoken very highly of many, many times, sayonara, Wild Hearts. Have the PS4 version that came in the like Annapurna Interactive collection <coughs> that they produced, and so I popped that in. You know, it's an easy game to go through. Basically, just had to go get all the gold ranks and collect all the collectibles and do. And they actually have these like this fun little section called the Zodiac Riddles, where they give you these like two-word riddles that you have to go figure out how to solve, like whatever criteria they're giving you. So you, sometimes it means going and getting a gold rank on one level three times in a row. Sometimes it's literally pause during this song 20 times it's just a bunch of weird stuff huh. but there's trophies tied to all that so i did that knocked it through sayonara wild hearts and then i was like well what else could i play through and i realized i had never gotten all the trophies in another game i really like what remains of edith finch
0: gosh dang
1: uh but i had not gotten all the or i had not gotten all the trophies i looked up the list of what i was missing and it's just i could have just story selected and gotten the last few that I needed to, but I was like, you know, it's, it's an hour and a half long game. I'd like to replay that bad boy. So I went through, I finished it up, and uh, got all 100% of the trophies in that. So I'm on a bit of a trophy kick. I wouldn't be surprised if some more troph material starts showing up here soon. Now that I got that Kirby out of the way, and you know, I'm going to clean up the rest of them curb waddle Ds, and I'm like, you know, we might have some handhelds on the stream, but it might be time for a little bit of trophs here in April. Let's do it.
0: Oh, man. Is it the month of the troph? We will mm. see. I mean, we'll it's, about, see. it's halfway up, but we'll see. I'm hungry for them, man. All right. So what's your what's your stats with trophies? <laughs> Share them out. Shout them out here. Let's see. Write oh, oh, in the know. podcast, if you can, if you can make Steve, uh, if you if you got more than Steve, oh, I bet hear. a
1: lot of people do. I think I got 59 platinums, and I would say if I could get any number of platinums, it'd be about. It'd
0: be about sixty-seven platinums. Come on, get sixty-nine platinums. Come on, you sixty-nine platinums.
1: Sixty-seven? <laughs> <67? laughs> what?
0: Get it a makes nice more number of platinums. If you know how many
1: Ari Lewis twenty eleven has,
0: no,
1: I guess he's <laughs> yeah, got 66.
0: sixty-six. Yeah. Oh well, but yeah, yeah we'll get, get a nice done. number of platinums. Don't worry. Don't you worry buddy. Oh, <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> That'll be a good. Uh, Good topic for this podcast. But no, that is fun. I've not played Sai Nara Wild Hearts. I hear people talk about it. I should, uh, including you, you just did. I should, I should try that one out. It's incredible. And it's 45 minutes long. It's it's literally a Travi 2 beat game. Oh my God, I could have. You're telling me. The time that I spent trying yeah. to figure out how the fuck to beat Heathcliff. I could have finished a great game. Yeah, One of my favorites of all time. You could have had it. I am upset.
1: Yeah. I'm upset. Hold that L, buddy. All right. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, speaking of being upset, let's see if anyone was able to upset and win as Polykiller this time around. Steve, I haven't looked at the list yet. I'm seeing here you've written down and underlined and bolded three names, and that's not how we do it around here. We always have a winner and a runner-up. What is this? You got three people? We you... What's this?
1: Yeah. What's going well, on? You know, something strange happened. A little, a little thing called Elden Ring.
0: So mm-hmm. people
1: decided that they were just going to beat a bunch of Elden Rings and not too much else. But some folks were still out there doing work, so we landed with a three-way tie. Three-way, not even a runner-up. Everyone's oh a runner-up. God. Everyone's we, a runner-up. We got three polykillers,
0: a three-way tie. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I see my pal here. Gosh dang, once again, Caleb Jerome Ross. Belly of the Ancients. Hmm. Mm. I see you've written hmm here's that hmm, hmm?
1: yeah that's uh that's him trying to juice the numbers. You'd think that he would be have a little more integrity than that, but uh, apparently.
0: Not. Oh, is this a demo of sorts? That's a
1: demo. That's a demo.
0: Yeah. Oh, we. You know, that's that's just a, that's just an appetizer for his real beats that we're going to count.
1: Yeah, yeah. You'll note that okay. we're counting his three real beats, which are okay.
0: pinstripe, never song, and bug snacks. Which you know, I know what Bug Snacks is is a game, but those three by themselves, great made up names for just anything, yeah, like a paint band, band names, brand names, yeah, game exactly. names, Pinstripe, Never Song, and Bug Snacks. Good job, Caleb. Liking those uh, compound words, loves them. Yeah. Next up, we've got our buddy Weedo.
2: Mm. Be
1: Portal Two, the Beginner's Guide. And it'll do.
0: It'll do.
2: That'll do, do, big.
0: That'll That'll do. do. Then we got our pal, Mr. Mulled Gaming, Mario Party Superstars, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Earthbound. Hello. Earthbound. He's out there crushing it. God, I love Earthbound. I wish I could play it again for the first time. That's probably a top five for us. Games you wish you could play again for the first time. Oh...
1: You know what? Maybe, maybe you'll you. hear that sooner rather than later. That's, that's a good
0: time, right? All right. Well, good job to you three folks. And if you just heard that list of names, you're like, "Hey, man, I want my name right on the podcast." Oh, come on. How do you do that? Well, I can tell you, and I'll tell you in a in a normal accent. All you have to do is play a game and then beat it. You got to get to the end of it, okay? And then you. Take a screenshot of that last screen. Take as many screenshots as you want, really, but the credits are the most important one. But get fancy, please. Give us that four panel. That's my favorite. Mm -hmm. Write a little something in the tweet there. This game made me feel like a blah, 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 blah. At Polykill. You got to do that. And then hashtag just beat it. Now, a good way to remember that is think of Michael Jackson right before you finish the game. And then, boom, just beat it right there in the tweet. (laughs) Send that out. If you beat a whole bunch... Normally we have a whole bunch. We'll have like a uh, somebody just plop in here with a ten to fourteen game beat, and you're like, they must have had the week off, I guess. <laughs> I, I reckon they did, or they were sick. But no, sometimes uh, everyone else is playing Elden Ring, and you end up with with uh, good folks like Caleb J. Ross, Weeda, and uh, Mr. Mullet Gaming beating beating a solid threefer. Yeah, I mean. I-
1: That's more than enough. You never know. Plus, you don't always have to be up on those leaderboards. You don't have to hit that top spot to get your tweet or your name read out on the show because what you got to do? Just write a banger, and maybe Mm. it gets pulled. Maybe we read it.
0: Oh, man, I can't wait to do that. Oh, look, you have a list of them. First, we have your, now I'm going to say arch nemesis and my arch nemesis, Rusty Lewis at RE Lewis 2011, who gets to interview Pete Doerr. Maybe I will get to do that on Polykill as well. I did on Drug Friend. I admit I have done it once. Yeah. But we're talking polykill. I have pride. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, pre- yeah. I appreciate the defensiveness. Considering you helped me get Pete Doerr on the other podcast, <laughs> you should be able to get him on this podcast. Anyway, Rusty says, I finally beat a childhood N64 favorite of mine in Perfect Dark. Joanna's sci-fi adventure is great fun to play 20 plus years later with its fantastic variety of weapons but it's the soundtrack that truly ages like a fine wine. You spoiled us at Giant Kirkhope beat it. Is Giant Kirkhope the soundtrack guy or is that just is that just some dude?
1: Well, there's no one named Giant Kirkhope, but Grant Kirkhope is the composer. Oh
0: my gosh, for You're right. There. These beat tweets are fuzzy. That looks like an eye on my screen. <laughs> isn't that funny how you. grant and giant are very similar if you're if you blur your eyes just enough you know mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah good, good beat good to see him go through a childhood classic i got you know
1: you know rusty's our type of people because well here's a little inside baseball for you i can tell you this guy just got an xbox series x he just brought himself into the modern console generation yeah and what does he do first games he plays on that bad boy banjo kazooie perfect dark I think the newest game he played is Rise, Son of Rome, which is an Xbox One launch game. He knows. I still want
0: to play that. I still want to play that, actually, yeah. Same. It got crapped on out of the gate, but people at the end of the, they were like, it's not bad. It's not bad.
1: Yeah. And they're like, you know, in hindsight, yeah, that was a fine launch game. I I
0: enjoyed (laughs) that. It's not bad. It tells you what to do, but it's not bad. It looks good. Heck
1: yeah. Next up, we've got our buddy Matt Kuo at Matt Kuo Twitch, who says, Just finished completing 100% Kirby and the Forgotten Land. It is a great game, easily in the top three to four Kirby games of all time. <laughs> that sounds more passive-aggressive than it I think does. he meant it.
0: <laughs> There's only four good ones, okay, and it's it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a top five Kirby game, I guess. Come like, on. Okay. Give Kirby says, some
1: respect. <laughs> Fun game to also go for 100% completion. Good to know. Great OST with one song that just blew me away. Hashtag just beat it. A five out of five. Man, do you I'm know bad. that song? Hmm. There's a couple of bops at the end. They do they do a lot of remixing of the kind of the main theme of the game, and some of the later levels do have some real good tracks. I don't know if that's the one he's referring to, but I wouldn't be surprised to learn that
2: it is. Man.
0: I mean I told you when I was playing Kirby and the whatever the Yarn game. Or maybe it wasn't yarn, it was the other one. I don't, hmm. don't remember. But there was one track in the Halloween level that fucking bopped, dude. <laughs> it slammed hard. It was so good. So I totally get that. Nope. Um. great! Okay, up next we got Scotch and Hobbies, or as I sometimes say, Scooch and Hoobles for fun. At Polykill, I finally just beat Elden Ring. Woo! Oh. With 133 hours played, this is the first Souls game I've beaten, and it was awesome. Trav! Oh, that's me! Trav, you need to play this game. Well, I got a shout out. Oh, yeah, I didn't expect that. Um, I got to say though, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Scotch and Hobbies, this is great, because at one point, you now, if you follow that, if you follow that Polykill Discord, there's a little, mm-hmm. in gaming, it got, it was very saturated with Elden Ring for a bit. We said, get out of here, get in here. We put them, we made them a thread. We said, you go in there. Leave us yep. alone. We're trying to talk about other things like Kirby. And they they go into their little special Elden Ring hideout. And you scroll through there and there's a point where Scotch and Hobby says, you know what, guys? I'm, I've hit a wall with this game. I'm not having fun right now. I'm, I'm going to step away. I don't know if I'll even be back. I've played it yep. a bunch. I'm just, I'm not feeling coming back to it. And then you fast forward a couple weeks, guy hops back in, just pounds another 60 hours into it, walks away with with the championship belt. Yep. You got to love it.
1: Absolutely crushing it. And not only that, but 133 hours, as much as this also sounds sarcastic, is a pretty low playtime to get an Elden Ring beat. Most people, as you'll learn, are cranking closer to 200. So, oh, good man. job. Gosh dang. Next up here, we've got uh, Leonardo Sepulveda. Oh, I, uh, yeah. Give me a, one out of, or a 10 out of 10 score. How do how you think I did?
0: I'm going to say about an 8. I would have said uh, Sepulveda. I would have really gotten into it. Oh, well, that doesn't really
1: jive with the other accent that you are currently doing. I know. Leonardo (laughs) Sepulveda. There you go. Or, as I prefer to call them, at Pobre Sepu. There you go. I mean, that's just a lot of difficulty, but hello. says, just beat it Mega Man for the Game Boy. I never played this one before. It was pretty cool. Loved the mix of Robot Masters from 1 and 2 from the NES. The last stages were Mega Man 1 kind of hard, though. This was my 1991 beat for the challenge. Good job! Glad to see you out there working on that game a year challenge.
0: Dang man, it looks like your EP even works. I am jealous first and foremost because I was having a hard time with mine. And your name is beautiful. Don't let don't let Blink butcher it in front of you like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Up next, we got JJS Boys. Uh, Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, this action strategy title turned out beefier than expected. But I finally saw credits. It's not a must-play for Mario fans, but if you dig the gameplay, the rabbitized, m- rabbitized mushroom kingdom weirdness is a bonus. Love Rabbit Peach. Oh man, the rabbits are hilarious in that game. Have you played this one?
1: No, oh, I have like a
0: gosh, it's so fun. This is actually a game
1: that makes you laugh. I look at a rabbit and I just. I just start getting the stomach
0: flu. Like some about it.
1: I see them, and I'm like,
0: "Uh, did you have God. did you get uh you over-minionized?" I hate minions. There you go. That's that's the problem. You associate them with minions. But let me they tell are, you. are
1: they look like minions.
0: The rabbits are they're a, they're a fun folk and this game is super duper fun. I mean, I don't I don't know what your take is on the tactical strategy stuff. This is a dumbed-down Mario-esque version of that. It's good, it's good stuff. It's longer than you think, though. I mean, you're pushing 20, 25 hours or something like this, yeah. but it's pretty good.
1: For a Mario game, that's pretty beefy. Yeah. I, I have actually heard a lot of good things. Isn't there a new one? I, you know, we were saying there's no games so.
0: coming out this year, but isn't there a new one coming out this year? <laughs> I think I think so. I think so. There yeah, is definitely uh, a new one. I don't know about this year. All right. Sounds good.
1: Next up here, we've got top spot 123 Oh. So, I never quite took Knuckles through Sonic 1 in the awesome Android port. So I just beat it. Couldn't get all the emeralds this time. He just couldn't keep hold of his rings. They added a few new small areas for Nux and Tails to reach and explore. Still the best version. Good beat, Android beat. I mean,
0: always impressive. But you can always count on that top spot. Top spot will pull a port out of nowhere. You thought you knew where this game was, and he's like, no, man, I just played that fucking shit on my... Microwave oven that is perched above my oven, you know that one that's built in? <laughs> I, I've always wanted one of those. When I see people that have those, I'm like, what are you rich? You got a Uh-oh. microwave oven oven? What is that? <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> I've got a microwave above my oven. That's insane. you know but but because we said top of spot folks, if you are you, you're probably paying like Hulu and Netflix and HBO Max and all these places to stream video. Well, you yeah. could just be go. You could just be going to YouTube. dot com forward slash topspot one two three all one word. Free videos.
1: I don't know how the man stays profitable. That's like getting a twelve month free trial for high quality internet content on an annual yearly renewing subscription. Every year you just re up for zero dollars, and you're good to go for twelve more.
0: That's right, man. And you could even you can hit subscribe, and you're like, oh man, what's that going to do to my wallet? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, nothing. <laughs>
1: it's gonna make it happy, just like it's gonna make your brain
0: happy. It's top
1: spots out here doing good work,
0: man. Top spot, you 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 out there paying paying too much for your for your internet motion pictures. Okay, <laughs> go check it out. Top spot one two yeah. three up next. Though we got my pal Kevin McAlexander at Mac Games B P P P. Couple shout outs coming out here as well. Kevin and I, we go uh, every Monday. We rehearse a bit of the improv. And my daughter, when I leave her on Monday, she says, Daddy's going to go to improv and stick out his tongue. That's what she thinks improv is. She, she (laughs) She thinks I go over to the neighboring city with a group of people. We just stick our tongues out. (laughs) <laughs> and not uh, entirely wrong. Ah, uh, yeah, and I don't correct her. And I told Kev that. And now we uh, we just go there every Monday and for for an hour and a half a piece, we just stick our tongues out and see how far we can get. But Kev here, also on the Blue Peg Pink Peg board game podcast, says just beat it. What a ride this game was. Loved Alan Wake and loved this bad boy Control. He's putting together mm. putting together the lineage there and Control, a game that's very highly touted amongst the folks in the old Discord. People loving it.
1: Yeah, it's. It's great. Really good game. Uh, yeah, he has got good taste. And, uh, I mean, I just love, would you believe that this is a picture of the credits, this warbly
0: nonsense? Oh, man, is that right? Got the, uh, I was confused because I was like, man, I hate to tap my boy Kev, but he literally just took a picture of like an old zebra's sh- bedsheet that had been chewed up in the washing <laughs> machine. But you're telling me this is the credits. They're supposed to be garbled?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you got to play the game to find out why, but uh, it's a game with a lot of intrigue. Okay. All
2: right.
0: Well, if you say
1: so. You know what else is good stuff? Real LHC Greg. Greg. The beta game, Says Sword of Mana, a passable Game Boy Advance action RPG. It has its flaws, but it's hard to go too wrong with running around whacking things and watching your numbers go up. Oh, man. My God. Greg, just, buddy. Perfect. You get it. Yeah. It's perfect.
0: Like, oh, man, if Greg, I
1: hadn't already played that game, I'd be popping it in too. I love watching the
0: numbers go. up, <laughs> Dude, if you if you if you pay close attention to Greg and the old discord and the things he says, you're like, man, I'm glad I'm glad we started Polykill before he did or we wouldn't have it because <laughs> he is of the same mind. You know, yeah, if, that guy's a microphone away from just burying us in dust. <laughs> <laughs> up next, though, we got round two gaming our pal Dean, who's killing it, by the way, with the video game library dot org. Check that out. Yep. Holy balls, that was tough. I can't imagine Alien Soldier on hard mode. The stage 20 bosses was ridiculous. The game does a good job forcing you to experiment with the weapons, though. Glad to have just beat it. On well, the old Sega Genesis, Alien Soldier. That's another thing I like about Dean. He can have all the books in the world, but he'll still play Alien Soldier on the Genesis just one night out of the week.
1: Yep. <laughs> He's like, you know, I'm I'm carving a little bit of time out <laughs> for my incredibly deep and... uh Time-intensive project. Play a little Alien Soldier. <laughs> yeah, I love that. God damn, I love it. Well, speaking of time-intensive, we've got Briz at Hokey Briz who says, After 164 hours, I finally just beat it. Elden Ring is up there with my favorite Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Love the world, the crazy bosses, and how the game lets you discover things for yourself. Loved playing co-op and sharing the experience with my friends. 10 out of... 10 good oh, stuff. Man, it's up there with some classics. He's, he's th- those are big words coming out of Briz's mouth.
0: Oh, for sure. The man that I don't think he would played a game that wasn't made by Bethesda and he saw <laughs> he saw Elden Ring and he was like Elder Elden Elder what? Scrolls what? And he started playing it and he was like it's a little bit different and then he, we we told him we're like it's actually this is a From Software game. It's a hard game. And he was like, "Oh man." Still, he made friends along the way. He got to see who made it and he, incredible stuff. Also, uh, and I don't even know how far, how far this reaches, but there's a bit of a video going around yeah. that Briz has made. That's, uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll figure that out and shout it out next time. Maybe on the live show, but encapsulates the, the oomph of Elden Ring quite well. Uh, okay. Very good. Up next, we got Lazy. We didn't get Lazy. This guy's named Lazy at Lazy Eyes Play. Final fight. Playing this again took me right back to birthday parties in the arcade inside the roller rink. What a sentence. God damn, I love yeah. that. Great yep. game and the emulation is great on the Capcom Beat 'Em up bundle. Punch, punch. That's great. I, that's one I can't, I, can't get, I can't beat it. I love Final I mean, Fight.
1: I'm terrible at all Beat 'Em Up, ups so I couldn't either, but I just love to imagine. Oh, the roller rink? Him, him mm. back in that roller rink. You know, the buttons are kind of sticky, bunch of mm. kids running around. You're eating... Just the world's cheapest pizza. Oh, man. man. Your life will never be better. Next up here, we've got Lindis at Lady Lindis who says, That involved more yelling at my TV than I've done in a long time, but Mario and Wario is beat. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't help but pull this because I've heard so many good things about this game, but I don't know what kind of game it is. And this screenshot doesn't help me. Have you ever played this?
0: Man, no. My My mind, at first, when I heard... Involved more yelling at my TV, and then when it got to Mario, I thought it was going to be one of those Mario and, and versus Donkey Kong games because those mm-hmm. sometimes can really get you pent up. You're like, "Oh, come on!" You know, it's <laughs> one of those "Oh, come on" games. But when I heard Mario and Wario, I was like, "I don't even know if I know what that game is. It's a mystery I think to I, us." I'm pretty sure it's a Super Famicom
1: game, but I've just never oh. taken the time to look it up. I man, I know it's an importable game, but God dang. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't even know if it's English friendly. And Linda's beating it doesn't tell us anything because Linda's is a localizer by trade. So she could uh, read it in no matter what language it's in.
0: I mean, I can read that it says record, all clear. I mean, it's got there is some English in here. So maybe. Yeah, true, true. It <laughs> doesn't mean much. Okay, up next, we got Retro Mojo. One of my favorite folks. Follow him on Instagram. Good stuff. First time beating Super Mario Bros 3 without using whistles or skipping any levels, and I enjoyed every moment of it. This game has aged perfectly. Man, beat it in a way that I'll never beat it. I'm a whistle guy whistle me up. You've never you've never gone whistleless? Oh, I whistle that some bitch. Whistle, whistle, whistle. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's part of the game. It ain't cheating. Whistle. I mean, it's not cheating, but it feels good
1: every now and again to just take off that whistle.
0: It's like the Super Mario Bros, like People are like, yeah, you ever beat that thing warpless? Like, no. I got a life to live. Once I figured out I could beat it with warps, it was done. <laughs> that buys me more time
1: for Heathcliff.
0: Yeah, dang right, man.
1: Heck yeah. Next up here, we've got Marshall at Surflin 1, who just beat Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Mm. Take Borderlands Looter Shooter and throw it into the D&D universe and go crazy. The gunplay and spells are so satisfying to use. Story does a great job at drawing you in. Music and level design is just beautiful. Highly recommend. You know, I I know this is a new one that came out, and I feel like not a lot of folks have been playing it. So good to see Marshall here had a good time with it.
0: Yeah, I bet there's a lot of really good uh, narration there as well. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's funny. Yeah, yeah. All right, up next, our pal Weedo. Finished The Beginner's Guide from 2015. Explore deep human psyche in this collection of unfinished scraps of games. One of the best walking sims I ever played. A profound experience. I've not heard of this, but it looks looks trippy from what I'm seeing in these screenshots. I'm only a little disappointed that we don't get to see Weedow's uh, fancy TV, because I assume this was on a PC. But yeah. still, trippy. Yeah.
1: Wido, if you could, next time... If you beat a PC game, if you could just include a non-sequitur photo of the TV setup anyways, that we'd appreciate that. Yeah,
0: exactly. Please do that.
1: Next up here, we got Bad Times at Bad Times GT. That's Bad Times Good Times, for mm-hmm. those who aren't in the know. Yeah. Who just beat, would you believe it, Elden Ring. Hello! A fantastic FromSoft Adventure, as always. Finished at 120, and it felt balanced and challenging. Solely leveled Vig endurance, strength, and it Damn. was a smashing good time. Now, for you Elden Ring heads, that stat breakdown was a 40-40-95. Oh, is that good? I'm already feeling the withdrawals. I really do think it's a 10 out of 10 experience. I'm noticing a trend. One, Elden Ring is getting beaten a lot, so way to go, folks. But two, not a lot of negative things being said about this Elden Ring. Uh, All these praises are coming in what I would describe as effusive. People are coming in hot with the praise.
0: Man, it seems like they're trying to justify the the anguish that they had gone through on that <laughs> long route through. I'm no, but it's it is a good game. Everything I've seen and heard, it adds up to me. I'm worried though, Steve. And let's just, I'm going to take it right here a little bit on Elden Ring. Uh, I'm worried that it's a game that's so long. We're talking. We we got 199 in here. We got 133. We got 400 hours. We got 700 hours. Some guy took 17,000 hours to beat it. I'm worried that I would never bring another game to this podcast. You would never hear about Boxel. You wouldn't find out whether or not Bomberman on the Game Boy is is worth. Your time. Heathcliff, that <laughs> fun Heathcliff story that that we all got drawn into, we're like, is he going to get to fi- figure out how to beat it? You wouldn't get to hear that because it would. I would come in here and be like, yeah, I was playing Elden Ring. You know me, just a little bit more Elden Ring, so, you know.
1: Yeah, but then we get to trade that for some stories that you're telling me about how Melania is, in fact, the Blade of Micola. And I'd be like, oh, I know, buddy. I know.
0: Man, hearing people talk about Elden Ring is seriously like, like if I if I just sit on my back porch and watch two birds chirp at each other, and I'm like, yeah, I know what you guys are talking about. Tweet tweet, yeah. probably something about worms and stuff. Like it's that foreign to me. I have no idea what's going on. It's just made up words, made up jargon. I love it. I though. mean, if you I love the excitement. if you
1: watch that video that Briz put together, none of these people that wrote in bead tweets have any idea what's happening in that game either. So you're in good company.
0: Mm, I love it. I love that. All right, good job. Bad times. Okay, up next we got Church. God, it's been a while since we've seen Church here at the Game Grinder. Besides getting the Platinum Trophy, I also defeated every boss in the game. It's nothing short of a masterpiece and the most accessible souls-like yet. I didn't want it to end, which says a lot. After 160 hours, please let there be more content. Man, the guy wants more content. And that's another thing, too. I've seen more people talk about New Game Plus after beating this long, arduous game. Than I've ever seen for yeah. any other game that I've <laughs> anybody's ever beaten and played. Like, when I got to the end of, like, the game that I probably sunk the most time in might be Skyrim. I don't know. so A game yeah. like that. But toward the end, like, I mainlined the main quest at the end because I was like, let's get her done. Okay? It's time to play <laughs> something else. But people are getting to the end and they're like, oh, I could spank me harder and more, please.
1: I think after 160 hours, like our buddy Church here, I think they just forget how to stop. They're like, well, I don't remember a time where I wasn't just playing Elden Ring in mm. all my free time. So I guess I got to loop loop back again. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. Church has been playing it so long. He didn't even remember to tag Polykill. I had to help him out. I had to get him <laughs> in there. I was worried for a second because I tagged him to help him out. And then I was like, wait, maybe he stopped liking the podcast and he was just trying to casually wean himself off of it. And I'm in here <laughs> forcing him to hang out with us. But he was very cordial.
0: He did use the hashtag. I mean, come on. Yeah come on oh that's great all right am i up next uh i mean you can
1: be there there's no scorekeeper there's no ref
0: i'll do another one here we got captain drachma this is this is captain uh your co-host occasionally over there on the Indie west podcast he says uh ease the oath of felgana elden ring who dark souls what No, no, no. Those games are tough, sure, but not this tough. A thrilling adventure that is not for the faint of heart. I recommend this gem for those who want to test their might in a 2D action RPG. And to that, I say, no thanks. But for a lot of hardcore folks out there, I'm sure they were like, excuse me, did you just say it was harder than Elden Ring? Well, (laughs) allow me to pop all of my knuckles succinctly and pick up a controller.
1: And I know what you're all thinking. Uh huh. Big words. Drachma obviously just didn't have access to Elden Ring, so he's trying to disparage it. No, no. Drachma went hard on Elden Ring, all right? But like all good beaters, he set her down and he kept moving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he I didn't respected. just start Elden Ring back up. <laughs> yeah. You only get the one, all right? <laughs> yeah. You only get the one beat tweet, folks. Let that, you know, <laughs> put that in your pocket. Take it with you. You only get the one.
1: And last here, and the reason that I punted is just because I wanted to steal the Earthbound beat tweet from Trav, is we got Mr. Mullet Gaming, who just beat Earthbound. Says this game took me on an emotional odyssey. It was everything I expected and more. While not for everyone, this game is a cerebral masterpiece, one that I'll revisit and enjoy over and over again. I mean, well said. Just an absolute, just a king. Just a king among games.
0: Oh, I love that game, man. I love it so much. And one that, uh, you know, that's not not the difficulty of Elden Ring, but that's one of the few games where I was like, I kind of want to play it again when I got to the end. This is how in love with it I was. So very good okay. job. Very good game. Good job there, Mullen. And I yeah, know he yeah. just finished Earthbound Beginnings before that. He's playing them in the proper God-given order. This guy doesn't mess around. <laughs> First person ever to, uh, to ever probably. do it that way. Even the folks over in Japan are like, no, we, we did the second one first. That's weird yeah, that you we, guys are doing them in the right order. <laughs> just, just play EarthBound. They, they released it with a note in the
1: case that says, you can skip you can skip this one. Just wait for EarthBound to go.
0: <laughs> Just wait a minute. Uh, very good. Well, that's been the Beat Tweets, folks. And again, I've already explained how to do it, so go do it. Get on the list. Get into the podcast itself. But for now, we're going to scoot right along to the top five. First person shooter games, according to this fucking podcast, that's right, according to this one. (laughs) The authority. We're the authority, okay? Well, I'll say some caveats for me, there are some series that I could have just listed games from that series as my top five, so I tried to clump (laughs) franchises together, so I'm going to have, like, for one of my entries, or for most of my entries, you're going to hear, like, I like this Series and these few games from the series that I've actually played, but uh, okay. with with that little caveat out of the way, I mean, I don't know if you got anything weird going on. Do you want to go ahead and get us started here? What's your number five first yeah. person shooter?
1: Now, I was I tried to say I tried to stay in the spirit of when when you say first person shooter, what type of game gets conjured in your mind? Because I feel like there's mm. there's a lot of blurring, and I, if these are on your list, more power to you. But for my personal construction. I was no. trying to steer clear of, like, Portal, because yeah. I think of that more as a puzzle
0: game. I, too. I went with the uh, with where you would file it first in a genre. So, like, Portal would be more puzzle. Uh, mm-hmm. I would classify something like, uh, like Fallout or something like that as more, you know, open world RPG. RPG. Right. So, just, like, a purely, like, throw a guy in front of me. I don't see my dude. I just see Gun Barrel. That's the game I'm talking about. A very basic first-person yeah. shooter. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, uh, that I think is important for folks to know, because if we were allowing some of those other things in, you'd see a lot more portals and mirrors, edges, and things like that on this list. So, yeah, number five, dun, 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 dun. Halo, the original Halo oh. Combat Evolved. And I got to say, this one's a pure, pure nostalgia pick, because I'm aware that you know, some of those later Halo games have better, more interesting, better, more well-designed campaigns. Actually, in terms of like just the campaign, I'd probably give it to Halo Reach as my favorite one, but that very first Halo, I will never not think of all the time that I spent at my buddy's house. We'd run a LAN cable between the TV and his bedroom out and down the hallway to the TV out in kind of like his little foyer area, and we'd 2v2 on either Sidewinder or Blood Gulch, Capture the Flag. Some some of my best memories of multiplayer gaming. You know, I was the perfect age. I was, like, right in high school, as this was, like, the big to-do. Um, Yeah, just just a ton of fun. And uh, the type of experience that's really hard to replicate now, now that everything is online and there's battle passes and all stuff, the, like, the real simplicity of that, of that multiplayer experience was very time and place, and I value it for that.
0: Yes, I do the multiplayer of the original, good times, B- mind blowing even at the time. Yeah. You know, so I mean, we were we were just boys, just armed with Mountain Dew and dreams, and then yeah. this entered our <laughs> lives, and we're like, "What is this the freaking future?" Good pick for your number five. I, you know, for my number five, I was caught between two here, so I'm going to shout one out, and then I'm going to get to my actual number five. Okay, I, I just want to give a shout to Titanfall too. I almost made my list. And I think mm-hmm. that's an undersung game. When it comes yeah. to the FPS games, because the first Titanfall, I didn't even play the first Titanfall, but it it didn't turn me on. But the second one, incredibly good. But yep. my actual number five, Wolfenstein. And I'm going Ooh. to I'm gonna push the OG out there and say that was my four way. Foray. Not four way. That would be fun <laughs> if there were three other dudes there, like, yo. But it was a one player game and we were all wearing pants. Foray into uh, First-person shooters. I, my mind was blown. We had uh, Windows 3.1 or whatever it was. Not great Windows. Very small number of windows. Not even four windows. Only 3.1 windows. <laughs> and we played that game. And uh, and and this is I'm going to say that all the way through to the to the modern ones. Uh, Wolfenstein is is a great series, but that original one, man, just the freedom that you had to move around and you were like, wow, finding the secrets blew me away. Yeah. And then also, I remember we stayed up late one one night. Got to Mecha Hitler, and he scared us. It was me and my cousin, and Ooh. he scared us. He was scary, and we didn't want to play it anymore. We were probably like eight or nine, we were like, no. We probably cheated to get there. I'll say that. We, <laughs> we probably cheated to get to the end, but it was like, oh, that's scary. And I didn't want to play the game for a long time after that because I was like, that was terrifying. He yeah. was too big on screen, <laughs> too scary. And when I went back and played it uh, again on the Jaguar here, uh, I guess it was last year, for the campaign that we did uh still hold, I mean still holds up you know believe yeah. it or not as basic it, as it is still a lot of fun it's good it is i
1: i only ever tried it way way after the fact and even then even though like compared to more modern shooters it it maybe is a little stiff but man does it it still is just rock solid
0: oh so good yeah so that's that's yeah. my pick cuz I'm gonna say the OG, and I played like a couple of the the modern ones, and it's gonna lock me right in there, number five, Wolfenstein, etc. I want to say that's
1: nice. That's my nice. Wolfenstein game was Return to Castle Wolfenstein on the original Xbox. I don't know if you hmm. ever played that one, but oh, I think did I had a lot of multiplayer. Is in, good in the early Xbox Live days. Yeah, okay. good. Fine, Check it out. Cool. Well, you set me up perfectly with a segue here. You know that Wolfenstein walked, so that my number four pick could run. Got that Doom, Doom two.
2: Wow, okay. and I
1: and I am cheating, and I'm just putting them both in there because I'll be honest, I didn't have them until Doom Two had come out, mm. and it had all the Doom One levels bundled in. So I truly cannot separate these two games in my mind. They are just one giant grouping of
0: levels that you play. Yeah, and they're not vastly different.
1: Yeah, they're they're very similar. Maybe maybe people have a slight preference of, in terms of like level design for mm. one or the other, but I I think of them both as the same. One of my first. Like, I think maybe the first computer game I ever really got into, there's a couple early computer games that were really pivotal to me, but I think Doom 2 might be the very first one that I really, um, like, like thought of the computer as a place where I could sit down and play games seriously, which I know is kind of the opposite. Most people start on PC that are a little bit older than me, but yeah, just sti- again, just like Wolfenstein holds up super well, still tons of fun, uh, that basically easy to pick up and play today i mean makes sense they're they're porting these things all over the place you can play them on your old switch and whatnot so yeah a lot of fun and uh i actually was given the opportunity back in the day too to play with some pcs hooked up in a friend's basement land up doing some multiplayer doom which is i think a lot less common but dang if that's not fun
0: man i have actually done that with two jaguars believe it or not
1: Oh my God. I didn't even know that there were two Jaguars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they we got mine and yours. But no, you can, you can do uh, multiplayer, uh, Jag Doom. I've done that before. Uh, and it's everything you want it to be and more minus the music. Nice. Okay. My number four, I'm lumping two Call of Duties together because this was that my, my Call of Duty heyday, w- which is everyone's Call of Duty heyday, which is college. And so modern warfare and world at war were my roommates and Mm. i played the shit out of them and i played uh world at war to the point that's like the that is my that's my online gaming peak was world at war i Mm. was winning maps all the time i was a i was a duty bro i was just duty bro and i would go and there was this one level where i hung out i camped i was camper fuck you i camp. fuck you (laughs) if you can't beat my kd you camp Okay, if you want to, you know, but there was this one <laughs> level where you could hide under a porch and I just, oh, I was just a monster under that porch. Oh, I was killing everybody. <laughs> and I would just rack it up, boys. And I I, I love that so much. So that was like my, uh, and that was also like my first like real online gaming experience. Before that, I think mm-hmm. I'd maybe played just like a couple like Madden games or something like that. Never really figured out how to get into online gaming because all of my friends were either really, really good at the games they played. And the barrier of entry to me seemed too steep, and I was like, "I don't want to play your Counter Strike. You're too good and too serious." Yeah. I kind and so Call of Duty was my like, "All right, I'm gonna. I'm on the internet. I'm by myself. I got my headset <laughs> on. All right, no one's listening. No one's in the house. It's just me. Okay, connect to a room. What do I just wait in here? There's a lobby? Okay. All right, we're getting started. I'm gonna run around. Oh, I shot somebody. Oh, are they mad. Oh, I hear them <laughs> cussing. I hear them cussing. Oh dear. Like it was my first. It was great
1: oh my god that's awesome I, you, I was also many people don't know this about me or wouldn't expect it i was also a big uh call of duty person big modern warfare modern warfare 2 era mm. i was you know what i was hitting those KDS, i was getting those nukes all right i was getting my 25 yeah. kills and dropping those nukes on folks all right and, you know, mm-hmm. i'd run around i'd have my, my little knife build that i'd be doing
0: oh. no, i didn't I, take you no. as a duty bro at any point in your life this is great it's good to come yeah. out as a duty bro
1: okay that's a solid runner up for me it almost made the list uh i bumped it out for halo but they both kind of serve similar like intense multiplayer memories just at slightly different times in my life exactly my number we're on number three Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. number three you set me up for this again it's almost like you planned it and he didn't this is the only this is the only part of this entire podcast that he can't see what i'm about to say it's true is this is this top five titanfall 2 I think oh. the best modern shooter campaign. It is incredible. It it's is good. so well done. Just just action from from A to Z, man. Super fun. It feels like if you took a Call of Duty campaign, which I think the campaigns in Call of Duty games are always pretty fun. Like they're yeah. like scientifically engineered to just trigger <laughs> dopamine in your
0: brain. Yeah, They really are. Yeah. And and
1: just take that and then You know, just spice it up with a little bit of like weird technology, Mm -hmm. some kind of gimmicky, cool little future tech. It's just, yeah, it's really, really good. It's, it always makes me sad that this game like dropped to like $3 used and then just stayed there as the cheapest game ever when it's just sitting there hiding in plain sight as the best modern campaign for a shooter that there's ever been.
0: I know. I think, I think what kills it is the Titanfall name. I think yeah. that they they needed to because it's basically a, it's com- almost a completely different recipe than the first game. They should have just taken it a completely different direction. We would have had a franchise on our hand, but I think it I think it killed itself by its name. Yeah, that's a tragedy.
1: Please, so this is my call to action for all of you. I want to see some Titanfall two B tweets next episode, please.
0: please. It's so it's not long either. It's no, it's one of those games that's so it's frustratingly short because you're like, oh, I love that, oh, it, oh, it's over, oh, boo, yep. Oh boo. You'll say you'll say oh, out loud. Boo. As you're typing your beat tweet, you'll be like, ah oh, boo. Damn. Okay, my number three. Good choice by the way. Of course that was my honorable mention. I couldn't fit it in here. Uh, because taking up my number three spot, Sniper Elite. Now, I know what you're thinking. Whoa. Tramp, what is it? What are you digging through the bargain bin at Kmart for these games? <laughs> No, 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 no! I was going to say Sniper Elite's
1: the type of game I get in a lot that I bought for I other know. games. So and I'm, I'm here for it. Tell
0: me about this game. It's almost like the, I mean, the, the franchise is still going strong. They just released a new one. But these Sniper <laughs> Elite games, people are overlooking them. They see those. You're right. They see them in the lots. You'll see that you'll see some Maddens and like, uh, like a like a, an, a like a table tennis game, and you'll see like an old a basket, and, and, and then the NBA 2K11. And you'll see Sniper Elite, and you'll scroll through there and be like, garbage. But what I see, I see the <laughs> oh. Sniper Elite, and I say, god damn, that's a fucking good lot right there, boys. Because the mm. Sniper Elite games are great. Now, I've only played three and four, and I'm definitely going to play the, the new one that's out. But what I love about these games is that they kind of know their place. They don't try to do too much. Each series, they're like, look, we know what you want to do. You want to shoot a guy from really far away, and you want to see if you hit him in the nuts. Okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we got you, and it's great because <laughs> the thing I love about it—they—they don't—they have a story, but they like you don't care, we don't care. The story's dumb. It, the cutscene's immediately skippable, almost too skippable. Like if you breathe anywhere near the controller, it throws you back in. And the recipe is—and I'm—I'm taken from your uh, unsettling laughter. You've not played one of these, but they give you a pretty big map, and they say uh, just you know kill everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you in a minute. There's no like. There's no like forcing you to do certain things. You don't have to d- meet certain objectives. It's just like there's a bunch of bad dudes. You're at point A, get to point B, kill all the bad dudes. Okay, we'll talk to you in a little mm. while. And you're just on this map, and you got to find them all. You got to find them all, kill them all, and you're done. And the the really funny thing about it is, the kill shot cam is great. It's kind of the uh, it's probably been popularized in other games, but it's one of those that if you if you pull off a really good shot across the map, maybe. 200 yards, and you're impressed with yourself. You're like, holy fuck, because you're adjusting for wind and <laughs> stuff. It will, it will do one of those things where it stops, follows the bullet through the air, does the x-ray kill cam, shows you like you got mm-hmm. him in the in the helmet, not and you see him not flip them backwards or something like that. Maybe you got two guys. You got one guy through another <laughs> guy, or you got him in his wiener, and you're like, uh. fuck yeah, I got his wiener. Or maybe <laughs> maybe he's like behind a staircase, and you can barely see his wiener, and that's all you can see his wiener, and then you get his wiener. And when you're shooting his wiener, you're like, man, I hope it does the x-ray kill cam of me shooting his wiener. And the game is programmed to be like, give them all wiener kill cams if they want wiener kill cam. It's so fun. It'll boost your confidence. You'll think you're really good at shooter games because it's so like, wow, good shot there, man, and just zooms in on it. Yeah, it's so good. I recommend those games for a good time. They're they're about nine hours. The campaigns are super duper fun. And it's not all sniping, obviously. That's a big part of it, but another big part of it is it has like a Call of Duty kind of feel too. You can run around, pick up you know, machine guns, and shoot guys and that mm. kind of thing. But you always have the upper hand when it's sniper time. And it's great. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm very. I'm actually very curious to try it. I've always wondered about those games because I was like, I knew the concept was, you know, it's focused on the sniping, and I always thought like, well, if, if I'm just sniping, how can they make that last longer than like one or two hours? It must just be. Just be in and out, you're done. But I, I didn't realize that there was moving or other guns.
0: In there. Oh, yes. And it, they do have modes if you do play two-player. Uh, one last thing I'll point out. Uh, and I think it, it is actually level types in the campaign itself. But two-player, it's kind of fun where you have to provide cover for someone as a sniper. So somebody mm. somebody else has to go from point A to point B and you have to kind of protect them from other other guys. They do that quite a bit. That's always fun.
1: Good pick. Good pick. All right, so my number two classic game, I think one that a lot of folks can probably appreciate and won't be surprised to see on this list, got that GoldenEye 007 Mm -hmm. on the N64. I was an N64 boy. I was the perfect age to be obsessed with this game. I had never even seen the movie. I still have never seen the whole movie all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces here and there, but I love this structure of shooter campaign, and God, I wish it would come back. Where it's objective based in kind of like a small sandbox level, and the harder difficulties introduce more objectives in addition to introducing like tougher enemies with more health and less body armor and stuff like that. I just think that it makes for a very interesting style campaign. I think it's, I think that after like the Call of Duty blockbuster campaign, sort of like playing through an action movie stole the show that this basically died on the vine and we haven't really seen anything like this in a long time and i i think it's ripe for a comeback i wouldn't be surprised for some studio somewhere even if it's an indie studio to release a game that really follows this formula and for it to be a hit because i think a lot of people are like me hankering for that that type of game so yeah i mean and of course i could sit here and speak to the multiplayer and having played tons of it when arguing about who gets to play his odd job and all that stuff but i think it's just for, for someone who, like me, was a child of the 90s, uh, it's basically impossible not to love Goldeneye.
0: Man, I, that's a solid choice. What I expected out of you, of course, my biggest and most shameful confession in life is having not experienced that in its heyday at mm. all. And I have, to this day, no real um, reference for... The multiplayer in that game, and I, it's probably not something I could play now and appreciate as fully as someone from the day could, because I'd be like, "Oh, this yeah. is just this is just bad Halo. This <laughs> is just bad. Man, can you even jump a bunch? You can't. Ooh, <laughs> like I wouldn't <laughs> it'd be different, but uh, I can appreciate the the whirlwind that it was at the time, especially the paintball stuff. You got paintball in there? That's kind of fun. Oh, yeah, man, so fun. I never watched the movie either, so don't feel bad about that part. All right. <laughs> um my number two, just a bunch of dooms. I'm just lumping all just, the doom. Yeah.
1: <laughs> are we are we going all the way from them original dooms straight through them them right. eternals?
0: Well, I've technically only played three of them. I played Doom One, Doom Two, and Doom twenty sixteen. And okay. uh I think I think they all fit in here pretty well at number two. I think when it comes to the retro stuff, the Doom um The original Doom is probably my favorite. It's got a uh, sort of, it's got a metal vibe, you know, Mm. and that carries through to the remake in 2016 that had Mick Gordon soundtrack on it, which to this day I will bop.
1: (laughs) I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't bop to it, but I get, I'm happy to put it on and get a little bit scared.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Whenever I'm chasing a victim through the woods, that's what's, (laughs) that's what's in my JBL headbuds in Asheville, Virginia, (laughs) in North Carolina. (laughs) North Carolina, uh, North Carolina, I'm Asheville, sorry. North Carolina down there. But, uh, yeah, I love it. So the first two great, you don't have to talk about those a lot, but the man, 2016 game blew me away. I had never seen a game yeah. really hit all the marks for a remake like that one day. Cause everyone was really worried about it. And rightfully so everyone was like, come mm-hmm. on, you can't, you can't remake that. That's too, that's sacred stuff. That would be like yep. remaking Wolfenstein. Come on, what <laughs> are you, dumb? Don't do it. And then when they when they, they p- it played off perfectly, like all the 3D renders of all of the 2D sp- enemies that you remember in the game, yep. perfect, man. It's just as 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 you had imagined in the day, and the soundtrack obviously helped quite a bit. So I've not played Doom Eternal. I need to do that. I hear it's not as good, but people said that about Doom 2, so fuck them. I'm sure you'll love it. I'll have fun. But man, the glory kills like the zoom in and fucking oh, mm.
1: so
2: good.
0: The
1: thing I always remember in 2016 is I didn't realize that there were going to be these hidden bonus levels in Doom 2016. And the first time you find one of those hidden oh, bonus levels yes. and you walk into the 3D rendition of one of those classic Doom levels, Oh, get out of town, buddy. So good, an, an overload of nostalgia.
0: Have you ever played any Doom VFR?
1: No, I have it, but I haven't popped it in.
0: It yet. will make you sick. This is someone that I Sweet. never get sick at VR <laughs> stuff, ever. But the glory kill, the zoom kill, you will you will feel everything you've eaten oh. for the last eight hours just come right up and be like, all right, I'm ready to jump. So be careful about that. Don't eat for three days before you play it. That's all I'm saying.
1: That's a shame.
0: You'll be that's lightheaded, but you'll be better for it.
1: That's <laughs> good. All right. Well, it's time for number ones. It's, it's, it's one o'clock on the old top five list. And I think... You probably even could have picked up hints all throughout us talking in this episode. Uh, various things I've said could lead you to this conclusion. Just seeing the structure of my list and my number two, I don't know that it'll be too big of a shock to tell you that my number one shooter is
0: Perfect Dark. Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah, saw that. Writing was on the wall. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know what you're thinking. What, what about Perfect Dark Zero? That 360 launch
0: banger. Yeah, and where I'm everybody's like... coated in Vaseline, and you're like, why does everything look so slick? Yeah. <laughs> It's so, so shiny. <laughs> Did everybody just have a little bit of a rash?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for all the reasons that I was praising Goldeneye, that same mission structure and everything, I think Perfect Dark basically just took that and one-upped it. I really liked the the Carrion Institute that you can run around in, kind of this hub world, which was pretty novel for the time. All the guns in Perfect Dark are so interesting. And they the fact that they all have secondary firing modes that so fundamentally change how they work is so cool. You know, weapons like the are Classic. It even had, like, early mysteries that uh, was, like, some of the first times I remember scouring the internet to try to figure out what was going on with all the cheeses that were hidden in every level, which ultimately, I think, just turned out to be an easter egg or something, but, like, uncovering how to get all those. Perfect Dark is also one of the first games I remember speedrunning to get all the... Oh, wow. Um, uh, unlock all the cheats and stuff by speedrunning all the different levels on different difficulties that, in Goldeneye too, but... Yeah, I think that Perfect Dark is kind of just a, a slightly better GoldenEye all around. I also had spent more time with my friends playing Perfect Dark's multiplayer because you could do all those sim bots and set up different AI bots with different logic. You know, ones that'll never shoot you, ones that'll always hunt specific people down, stuff like that. All that combat sim stuff was just so fun. So, yeah, Perfect Dark, awesome. Great
0: soundtrack, too. Wow. Nice pick. I got to say, I did not see that coming. I really didn't. Mm. I didn't know what to expect. You burned through a lot there in your top five, or I was like, okay. Well, I don't know what's going to be. I, <laughs> and I didn't expect it to be perfect. Burke. It's not one that I hear you talk about a ton. If anything, I would have expected gold nine to be of the two of those to be your number one. So i am got to ask you, do you have uh, a good inclination of what my, my number one will be?
1: Uh. what would your number? W- you know, before we kind of laid out our ground rules, I just kind of assumed Far Cry was going to be a number one pick here, and you're going to say, "Yeah, every Far Cry game," but I feel like maybe you open worlded them out
0: of existence for this list. Oh, buddy, I did not. I think is it the Far Cry? I think they're primarily a first person shooter game. They don't. They don't I, give you. A- I haven't played them, so that's not
1: my call to make. But heck, yeah, yeah.
0: Buddy. I mean, there's a little bit of. I don't know. It's it's def- it leans way into the first person shooter part of okay. of. of, of Of everything else that it does. But yeah, man, I love those games. I mean, they do have the open world uh, element to it, but it's all survival, and you have to find weapons to survive. You're on your own out there on these dangerous islands and all those games. I've played uh, 3, Blood Dragon, 4, Primal, 5. I still need to play New Dawn and 6. I've not played any of those early boys. I've not played, you know, Far Cry, Far Cry Instincts, or Far Cry 2, uh, because I wasn't introduced to them until 3, so I'm wondering how they hold. But 3 and on, I Mm. think, are... Up my alley. I I enjoy that so, so much.
1: I've heard a lot of people talk about 2 in a way that makes me really want to check it out. But I think it also has a reputation of being like the black sheep of the series mm. that you may not enjoy as much if you like the more modern ones.
0: Right, um, right.
1: As as you were running through that list, though, I was just impressed at how well they have stuck to their numbered game, mm-hmm. side game, numbered game, side game. I forget Far Cry Instincts even existed.
0: Yeah, and there was actually no side game between 2 and 3. They took a little bit of a hiatus there, but and I'm not familiar with Far Cry, the the first one, or there's Instincts, and then there's a couple Instincts DLCs, I guess, and then Far Cry Vengeance, and then Paradise Lost, and then 2. So there's a big group between 2004 and 2008 where I'm like, some of those might just be on your phone. I don't know what those Mm. are, but uh, (laughs) from 3 on... That's all me, and uh, I do love yeah. those games. I'm, I'm really excited. I have six, and it's still in the seal, but part of me is like, I need to play New Dawn because I have that too. We need to yeah. go ahead and knock that out. So I'll probably yeah. run through it. It's one of the few franchises that I do make a point to to get and, and get on immediately. So it's weird, but I like them.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm happy you do. I think of you. You're my far
0: guy, all right? Ah. You're the one that I turn to for the Far Cry recommendation. Man. I just I'm I'm afraid of the gosh dang snakes though, it's and it's one of the only games that I play that I know has snakes in it, which is weird that it would be my one kryptonite. But if I I can hear a snake hiss in that game, like a son of a bitch, man, I know I know the sound bite that they use. I can then I hear a, <laughs> I'm like oh shit, burn down the forest. <laughs> uh, he's he's
1: afraid of snakes and yet he chooses. The only AAA franchise to consistently and reliably always have snakes. Maybe the highest fidelity snakes in the gaming industry. It just keeps coming back. <laughs> I know. From war.
0: I part part of me wonders if it's if that isn't the rush that pushes me through those games, <laughs> like the real fear that I experience. It's real fear. There's palpable fear when I hear a snake. I do. I lock up I'm like, <gasps> okay, all right, we got this. And I <laughs> firebomb the ground until I find them. Mo- it's like Snake Hunter for me. It's my it's my way to get back at snakes. I don't hurt any real snakes, but any snakes that Ubisoft makes, I murder. And that makes me feel good. <laughs> fair is fair. G- gives me some control over snakes. But that's gonna yeah. be our episode, man. What a good one. Good list by us. Uh we only we only converged on Doom, I think, in the list. We we talked about Titanfall 2, but mm-hmm. we eight unique basically for the most part FPS games there. So folks got if well, we didn't we didn't share anything here that uh, was we didn't unearth any hidden gems, but please, Titanfall two. I think that's probably the one you haven't played. Yeah. Do it, yeah. Please do, hundred percent.
1: And I welcome and look forward to all of you writing in and saying, <laughs> "Where the fuck was Half Life two? Oh yeah, what the hell are you guys doing? Well, come at me, bro.
0: Yeah, I like it it's good. A little long in the pants for me. It was it's in my top 10.
1: Yeah, it's, it, I, it probably would scratch a top 10 for yeah. me too, but you know what? It's, it's no perfect dark. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of good first person shooters, guys. So, I mean, yeah. I know, you, I hear that you're, mad. I hear that you're mad. Calm down. I hear that you're mad. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. We listed eight. <laughs> you surely you liked one of them. Jesus Christ. Sorry. right. Let's get out of here before they get too upset. That's been all another right. Polykill podcast. Uh, remember, next week, Sunday, April 24th, we're going to be on the Nest Friend YouTube channel sharing our faces and, our Wii, Wii U, GameCube, and Switch games—you don't want to miss that. Check that out. We'll be posting links here and there, all over the place. Uh, what else? Uh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So check us. That's all. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Traff Plays Games. The the podcast itself is at uh, PolyKill. Steve is at Blinkum. And uh, what are you doing over there on Twitch TV forward slash Blinkum? And when are you doing it?
1: Uh, we're doing it Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And we're We're deep in that year of the handheld, so we've been doing some Game Boy Puzzlers. I'm working through the rest of Quest for Camelot right now. And then we've got some other... You know, I like to tease. not going to give too much away, but we've got some good GBA Game Boy Color stuff lined up. It's it's a good time to be playing handheld games via a weird pseudo-Nintendo Switch dock for the
0: analog pocket on my computer monitor with an Xbox controller. Jesus Christ. That is (laughs) wacky-do. Wacky-do. Well, if you want to see blink get handsy get over there to that twitch channel but until next time that's been a Polyco podcast and we'll catch you later peace